by the time this comes out, we're in the middle of December now, or toward the end of it. And how crazy it is that this year is finally over. It just seemed like November was non-existent. And, yeah. Uh, like I was talking about, I think the main reason why November seemed like it was non-existent is because it seemed like it was 30 days of the same day, which was the election day, because I just <laughs> spent that whole month really not having a definitive answer as to what's next for this country as far as its leadership. And, um, you know, so, you know, at this point, probably by the time this comes out, they probably have certified everything via the Electoral College, which that was supposed to happen on December the 14th. Um, so, yeah, hopefully by this time there's an official word. But one thing we were just talking about is that, um, you know, you sit there and you look at we can move on, first of all. And then we were just saying, what's going to happen now? What are these journalists going to do? You know, if you know, with Biden being the official president and there's no Trump. Right. <laughs> and like you're saying, you know, well, basically, you know, they're just probably focused now on, on Trump's Twitter account. But I'm like, well, you know, Jack and everybody over at Twitter has already said after January 20th, all bets are off with Trump's account. So basically they they won't hold back on banning him for anything that he said or anything like that. Right, right. Well, here, here's my here's my take. Here's my thing about <clears throat> everyone talks about how divisive the country is right now, right? How much division there is. And I, I wonder how much of that is what we see in the media versus real life. Because when I talk to people, and I, I have friends from all political backgrounds, people I talk to in the neighborhood, people I talk to in the gym, it doesn't feel divisive. Yeah, it feels like we all get along. We all have different political views, but a lot of times we just don't bring it up because people don't want to get into some heated argument. But even when right. people do bring it up, we can talk it out. It's no big thing. I don't take anything personally. Right. So I yes. wonder how I wonder how divisive it really is when we're talking about real world situations, real people talking to each other. I mean, honestly, at the end of the day, it's, it's mostly divided by those who actually pay attention to people telling them that it's divided. Right. Okay, so right. so for the person with a lot more, and I'm going to say it, common sense, that knows, that understands how the media manipulates people's thinking and how, tell, not even just the media, I mean, just media in general, even the networks, because, you know, one of the things, if you notice now, with a lot of TV shows coming back on, you know, there's a real point that they're driving home almost in every episode about, the virus and wearing the mask and to the point where there's kind of diluting the actual TV show to the point where it's like, this has become the official coronavirus show. Now, you know, that the, you, you don't even see much of any more development with the stories of the characters of the actual TV show, even like blackish just to get to the point oh, where right. blackish is like, you know, it used to be a pretty funny show, but it's become so focused on politics. And I mean, it's always been kind of, quote unquote woke wokeish <laughs> so but the thing is now the time that you can tell that when they were recording these episodes is pre pre-election and it's very one-sided very one-sided and just about every show almost on every network is very one-sided and they're all pretty much on that same side to the point where it's just not even it's not even fun to even watch any of these shows anymore so at this point it's just like Okay, let's see what happens within another year or two when they come up with some new entertainment. And there's no more, there's no more red, blue, Trump, you know, against everybody, all this other stuff. So, but they make a point to focus on the division. And that division has become the entertainment now, right. as well as the seriousness at the same time. So, again, just to get back to your point, I feel like, again, most of that division is mostly by those who are observing those to tell them it's divided. 
<laughs> Whereas the common person is kind of like, I mean, look, dude, I'm in a very diverse neighborhood. I'm in a neighborhood like it's old school, you know, pre-election. You know, you got one neighbor's got a Biden sign in his yard and the person right next door got a Trump sign and a flag and right. and a in the back of his car and the whole truck. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like all saying Trump 2020. Well, I, I think I think some people overtly put what they think their political views are out there because they want to be connected with other people. Right. And this is this is just a way for them to connect with other people, whether they buy into the party's line or not. It goes, OK, cool. These people will accept me if I do this. Now I've got people I can talk to because right. people are so desperate for connection. You know how men always make fun of women, how they always, like, men are always like, yeah, you know, women always need to talk about stuff. It's like, well, right. guess what, guys? Men do, too. You know, Have you been just, to a barbershop? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> men do, too, man. I mean, in fact, motherfuckers I talk to, you can't get them off the phone. When Sometimes you call someone up just to see how they're doing, and you're like, Jesus Christ, man, two hours later, I'm still talking to this dude? Sometimes I don't call people up for that reason. I was like, oh, right. man, this guy's going to have a lot to say, I'm sure. <laughs> you know, Because guys, everybody needs to feel connected to other people, to feel like you matter. I mean, no one wants to be isolated, and that's what's been really hard on a lot of people during this pandemic is a lot of people live alone, and maybe they're not working right now either. So they're only they lost their camaraderie at work, you know. Yeah, you know, and on top of that, just these little interactions that people take for granted. I mean, look, if if I go to fucking a restaurant and I have a little exchange with whoever's preparing my meal, just a pleasant exchange, that's a real world exchange, and that's more impactful than me getting getting to some debate on Instagram or Facebook, (laughs) right, on Twitter, because that's not a real world exchange. (laughs) The person is not in front of me because if the person were in front of me, we would have a totally different conversation. It wouldn't yes, be going sir. down like this. Yep. And that's, that's another reason why I just I don't engage in those things. It's like, oh. you know, I mean, I had quite a few, you know, real as a carbon based friends and, and then the ones <laughs> and zeros friends during the whole time of this election, you know, always sending me DMs of all these different memes or or these videos trying to prove why whatever decision they were going to make on election day was justified, you know, or, you know, <laughs> look at this, look at this, look at this. And I was just like, OK, here's the thing. I have no problem with you sharing that view, but can you show me the opposing view as well? Can you ever just at least right. once mix it up? Whereas, you know, I can always show, but I, I can show you why both your candidates suck. <laughs> okay. So, and I can show you where there may be some benefit, why either one of your candidates might get in. But right. at the end of the day, here's the one thing I'm not seeing you change. Like, what are you going to do once whoever gets in? What are you going to do differently? That's all right. I mean. That's all that, that even matters in this conversation. Or the fact is just like, are you going to, okay, but are you, if your candidate gets in, are you going to hold their fucking feet to the fire or anybody associated with them? Anybody in your party that you choose? I said, so that's kind of the beauty of being independent. I said, I can question all these motherfuckers. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You know, so at the end of the day, because I feel like that's how it should be. You shouldn't be dedicated to one party. You know, so my thing is I'm a little bit more, I'm a little bit more aligned with principles. And then of course there's going to be, I'm going to have principles that may not be in line with the next person. And that's fine. You know, so you know, again, my rules are very simple, dude. It's like, look, man, I really have no problem with you. If long as you're not, you know, like going out and holding people against their will, you know, so like raping women or anything like that, or men, you know, or you're not a pedophile out there. So if you're not exploiting children or other people, you know, for, you know, for your own gains, like against their will, then, or they can't sit there and defend themselves. If you're not doing any of those things, like, dude, live your life, whatever. I don't care at this yeah. point. You know, so, I mean, there's really nothing about it. But, when, you know, when you do that, then it's a problem. You know, and I'm going to go and make sure I support things to make sure that people like you are taken care of. You know, but other than that, 
Look, man, if that's your belief, so be it. You know, even so, well, what if they're racist? Hey, man, if you're a racist, that's on you. Okay? Sucks for you. <laughs> that. So I, hey, you know, again, as long as you're not, as long as you don't touch me, <laughs> you know, we're good because then it's a different thing. You know, if you're sitting there, you're calling me a certain name or whatever else, you know, I'm just going to sit there like, hmm. I'm not going to sit there and automatically like get so heated like I feel like, okay, now I'm going to go smash your head into a wall because you said a word. You know, because I understand where that's coming from. I understand yeah. who, you know, what type of person, what kind of ignorant person. And, and I know you're projecting because that word you're using, that's really who you are. If we look at the definition of it, the true definition of it, you know, so my thing is like, and I know who I am. I know that's not who I am. So it doesn't bother me. You know, just like if someone can say, oh man, you blah, 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 blah. I'm like, okay. And now, <laughs> and now what, what can they do? <laughs> I mean, it's like, again, don't feed the trolls. So if you sit there and reply back, no, you blah, 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 blah. Well, now you've already lost. Okay. So my thing is, okay, I keep my ego. Again, if you're not trying to harm my family, harm myself. Yeah, so you're not trying to exploit some child, you know, or another person who may not be able to defend themselves. I don't care what you do, dude. Just stay out of my way. Leave me alone. Because that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to I'm going to give you the same courtesy. <laughs> that's the thing. Yeah, nothing. Nothing wastes time more than this desire to be right all the time. My, Getting I mean, I like unnecessary debates. Yeah, because I, I don't care about convincing anyone of anything, honestly, when I'm out and about. People want to know my views on something, I'll share it. Sometimes we get into these little discussions, I'm sharing my point, but I'm not attached to changing the other person's mind. Right, and I'm also not attached to changing my own mind. <laughs> so, <laughs> so You might say something like, hmm, you know what? I never thought about it like that. You have a point. Yeah, yeah. That makes you, nah, I'm, I'm gonna have to reconsider, you know, my point of view. So maybe I didn't dig deep enough into that, or, you know, it, it's been kind of skewed due to certain experiences in my life. But now you're giving me, you're sharing what your experience was like, you know, which I, you know, I can't sit there and deny your truth because that's what you've lived or whatever. So I'm like, okay, it gives me a little bit more to think about, more to consider, you know, and I can appreciate that. So. Well, yeah. I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, here's, an, here's one you'll find really interesting because both of us are really passionate about ending human trafficking. So these two ladies who made this movie Stop Human Trafficking, they're making a sequel now too. really good documentary on Amazon. But one of the things they did in the movie that I found really interesting is they, they didn't just profile people that have been through abuse. They actually profiled former traffickers, people that got into the life because that's what they thought they needed to do right. to survive. And then some of these traffickers have deep regret about all the suffering they've caused. So right. they're trying to show them some compassion and help reform them and so forth. And I go, man, that's impressive because it's hard to have compassion for people that have made others suffer so much. But it's also right. important to see why they got caught up in that life. Right. I mean, because that's dude, a problem, too. Yeah. People don't even think about it. They always think of like this always these these big like organized crime, you know, organizations or let's say the mob. I'm mean, not the mob or like these cartels. And they're the ones right. doing it with the Russian mob. But a lot of times it's actually the parents. Of some of these children, you know, yeah. and the people yeah. really don't talk about that. And I think I forgot what I was watching or whose um, account I was looking at, uh, an advocate or whatever. They were talking about that. A lot of times these parents do it and not because they're being forced by these other, you know, criminal organizations. It's because the parents are doing it for, you know, the money to feed the rest of the family or they're pretty much trying to feed a habit they're into. Or they just feel like they're not looking at it as, quote unquote, human trafficking. Right. You know, they're looking at it as another way to either a make some money because they they pretty much have none 
and pretty much no opportunities. And I know people look at that like, oh, there's always opportunities. I'm like, yes, easy for you to say. That's our American privilege talking. Yeah. You know, is. when you say that, it is. that's very, that's a very westernized way of thinking. Um, or like I said, there are, or they're looking at the, like the home life is so bad that they feel like, you know, cause some of these people can be very charming in these organizations or whatever. They feel like this opportunity is probably better off for that family member than staying home. Or, or they feel like, you know what? I'd rather you end up in Asia or Russia than being here in, in Brazil, in these shanty houses in Brazil, you know, where it's just, you could probably, you're probably going to end up dying tomorrow. So maybe I don't think these people are going to want to kill you. So whatever they're doing, they're going to do their best to keep you alive because they need you because you're a product basically. So, you know, I know it sounds crazy when you hear it, but you know, you don't know the thinking of somebody when they're desperate. Yeah, especially so, I mean the the severity of the desperation can be exactly mon- monumental. I mean we're talking serious desperation here. We're not talking, okay, I got kicked out of my apartment and we're gonna have to go stay in the shelter for a minute. That sucks too. But but the desperation there could be none of us have eaten for three weeks. We're living in dirt, and right. if we don't have one of our kids do this and the other three are going to die, you know, that crazy level of desperation. And, yeah, and that's, that's, that's something that people experience. That's a real world problem. That's not something that's rare at all. Exactly. You'd be surprised. Probably over half the globe deals with that on a daily basis. And I know it's really hard for people to think about it, but take, look at all the continents, look at all of them and then really think about it. Look, dig, dig deep and look at what comes out of those continents in the world. Yeah. And you realize that we're rare. We're rare. Okay. The fact that we can all sit over here and bicker with each other online over, you know, who our chosen savior is from a political party is, is that's a, a level of privilege that's beyond the scope of most people around the world because most of them don't have that option. If they sit there and be as outspoken as we are about their world leaders, these people will die. They will be murdered and their entire families will be murdered. Yeah. So my, the worst you can get. Oh my God, your post got blocked on Twitter. God help you. <laughs> You're like, Oh my God, they're not fair. They're blocking me. This censorship. I'm like, <laughs> you want, you want some real censorship? Somebody, how about you do that in China and then watch the next thing you know, you're in a concentration camp. That's <laughs> right. for your ass. <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole nother level of censorship. Right. Now, your, your life has been censored. Forget right. about your Twitter account. <laughs> it's like, we're going to take you out of your life, right? right? Against your will. And we're going to subject you to this. That's what you're dealing with now. And that's being nice because they actually let you live. <laughs> you know, it depends how you look at it. Or there's the other ones who, you know, get murdered for these things. And hell, they actually seem like they got off scot-free compared to the torture they would have endured for years, you know, for just for speaking out. Yeah. And sometimes you, you may not even speak out. Your neighbor might just think you do and they snitch on you because they feel like that's a way for them to take care of themselves and protect themselves or whatever. <laughs> so they want to make sure that none of the fallout happens to them if they even suspect you're someone speaking out against the government. Well, that, and, that's why. Uh, and hold it. What's funny? People think that's terrible, but we're doing that now because if someone's not, I mean, there's people like straight up calling hotlines anonymously. Yeah. Saying all these people are, oh, oh, I see like five people meeting up. They're not wearing masks. You know, we, well, that's different. You know, come, so my, it's like, come on, man. That's, that's not the same. No, that's how it starts. That's yeah, how it that's starts exactly because the more right. you practice it, the more it becomes this is muscle that you've worked and it'll be that much easier to take it to another level because you've now made it your new normal just to sit there and be in people's business and not even, not even look, you thinking about yourself or what you've been trained to think and not think like, okay, well, why is this happening? You know, or 
again, it's none of my business because I'm not over there. They're not breathing in my face. You know, and hey, if that whole family wants to kill each other with a virus potentially, so be it, even though there's a 99.9% chance it's not going to happen. But anyway, <laughs> that, that being said, it's just like it's none of your business. Say, okay, stay in your house. Put your mask on. Do whatever. Just stay out of their way. Well, I, I do, to, here's, here's my caveat to this. Like People who want to get together in mass numbers, fine. That's, that's right. That's your choice. But you should sign a waiver saying that if I get COVID, the hospital doesn't have to treat me. You know, that's the that's the exchange. Hey, why not? To, that's the exchange I'm willing to make. It's like, look, I'm willing to take the risk. Yeah. But and here's my way of of saying I'm not going to overburden the hospital. Right. You know, if I get really sick, because hey, look, everything has consequences, right? You want freedom? There's consequences with that. There's responsibilities that come with that. My my friend Jarvis, a police officer. I don't think you've ever met him, but I've talked about him with you before. Yeah. He got COVID on November 12th, and unfortunately, his whole family ended up getting it. So they all had to self quarantine for a couple of weeks. Right. And fortunately, no one's symptoms were super severe. They all just felt like crap. You know, he said his energy was zero. He could barely walk around the block, I mean, which sucks, but he wasn't on a fucking respirator or needing right. emergency care. So anyway, he, he makes it through that whole situation, and it's going to take a while to get out to just get your equilibrium back, to get back to normal. But I, I think anyone who wants to do whatever the fuck they want to do, I would say, sure, go do whatever you want to do. But if you get sick, stay home. And there it is. Just to my, because people love to bring up the flu. Hey, what did you do when you, if you ever had the fucking flu? You sat your ass at the house, and you waited. And when you waited till you knew for sure that shit was done before you went back out. (laughs) So, or you've been around a bunch of. If your kids are walking around with fevers and all this other stuff, whatever, what did you do? Hopefully, responsible enough, like okay. I got a sick kid at home or whatever, you know, I'm going to try to stay away from everybody and not spread this thing. It's no different. It's no different. So, yeah. Well, as soon as you feel something, don't sit there and ignore it. It's like, okay, if you start feeling a little run down for a few days, you know, hey, dude, hello, red flag, get it checked out. Don't be like, ah, no, or be such a pussy like, well, I don't want to go get tested because then what if I have, what if I have COVID? Yeah. What if you do? Somebody act accordingly. Fix it. Go get tested. So if you feel a little off, you know, so. Just like you would have done if you had the flu or anything else. You're like, ah, I'm, I'm not feeling, let me, I, I might want to go get this checked. You know, you're sitting there, you're coughing up oh, yeah. like dry heaves and, you know, and all of a sudden you don't taste anything. Hello, that's, that's the sign. Once, once your respiratory system is taking a big hit, that's time to kick things yeah. in gear. You don't mess around with that because that can, that can spiral real fast. Yep. And really some really crappy permanent damage you know that you can't come back from well so. that that's the other problem with people that have had serious reactions to covid is i mean they they're not just they're not just sick for two weeks and then they're back to normal it goes it can take many months afterwards to start getting back into your vibe and so so i mean it's something to be taken seriously no doubt and you have to you have to determine what your risk assessment is like how much risk are you willing to take on you know, some people are not leaving the house at all. Some people are saying, some people are like me. They're going to the gym. You go play cards every once in a while. I'm going to live my life. But I definitely avoid people. As, I mean, look, I avoid people anyway. I was going to say, look, dude. Somebody, look, somebody, y'all are new to this. Somebody, y'all are new to this life, man. I've been this. Somebody, y'all simply chose to be this way. It chose us. I mean, at the dog park, everyone's why There's a big group of people. Everyone's wearing masks now, walking around. I go, well, I'm not going to see you guys anytime soon. Like, oh, why is that? I go, because, look, I, I come out here to get some fresh air and enjoy right. the scenery. 
And I'm not going to wear a mask walking my dog. I'm just not going to do it. All right. Until someone, until a police officer comes up to me and says, hey, look, sorry, we need to have you wear a mask. I'll be like, all right, fine. An official told me. But the rest of you, I'm not going to succumb to social pressure. We're outside Mm -hmm. distance from you guys. I'm not walking three miles outside with the fucking mask on. I'm just not going to do it. Yeah, exactly. You can eyeball me all you want. I'm like, look, man. I've been eyeballed all my life. Okay. Like, yeah, just, I've got, just stay six I've, feet away, motherfucker. That's all you gotta I've do. I've received funny looks all my life for whatever reasons <laughs> or whatever. And somebody, you think you're bothering me because of a mask? <laughs> it's like, dude, I, I had, I had locks. I had drill locks for 25 years. I just get funny looks all the time, you know, and, and all kinds of responses or whatever. And guess what? Didn't bother me. It <laughs> didn't bother me. It's like, whatever, motherfucker. You don't know me. So. <laughs> I think the other day I was walking, the other day I was walking Raina and this, this lady was coming towards us and she had a mask on, right? This is outdoors. And all of a sudden she walked in the middle of the street to get as far away because I didn't have a mask on, right? I don't know if it would have made a difference if I did have a mask on, but I found that I just looked at her the whole time she was doing it. And I I was about to yell at something like, why are you doing that? Because I'm not white, you know, or just like that. Like what? A black man can't even walk around in his own neighborhood. You know, just make her really just have some fun with this shit. Exactly. But, but I was like, Jesus, lady, you have a fucking mask on. So what are you worried about? It doesn't matter if I have one on or not. You know, if using exactly. the mask, like, using the mask hey, narrative. Yeah, I'm like, you're wearing the mask, right? Aren't you protected? <laughs> it's like so. And it's so funny far. that the WHO or whatever one of these organizations came out finally and said, "Oh yeah, new data shows." The mask protects you and the other person. I was like, yeah, no shit, motherfucker. I could have told you guys that six <laughs> months ago. All right. You know, I, I, I said that when, it, when everyone used to argue the opposite because people are just repeating what they hear on the news. So like, no, it doesn't protect you. It protects others from you. I'm like, okay, that doesn't make any sense at all. And I used the condom analogy, which nobody had right. a response to <laughs> because there's no response that makes sense. There, there's no counter argument that there is no counter argument. There's nothing you can say. And then finally, these news authorities are not news authorities, but these health organizations come around. I was like, boy, man, you guys, you guys just figure that out now. You know, I have no background whatsoever in this shit. And it was obvious to me a long time ago. Yeah. Oh, and for those that are listening, Mike, who may not be aware of the condom analogy, maybe you should expound <laughs> on that. Cause I know there's some people like, wait a minute, I want to hear about the condom, man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the condom analogy of it's like, look, you're having sex with a girl. It's like saying she's protected, but you're not. <laughs> right. It's like, no, if she's protected. I am too. That's just the way it works. Right. See how this thing works? It's a two way street. <laughs> you know? So if I have a mask on and oh. that protects you from me, then why wouldn't it protect me from you? It only works one way. It's like, look, I'm, my mouth is blocked off, so there's no droplets going out. So there should be no droplets coming in either. Right. Right. <laughs> people are, well, Mike, that's the reason why guys wear condoms. And then girls also have to wear something, too. You know, they might have an IUD, blah, 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 to protect themselves. So I'm like, okay, that's good for not getting pregnant. Okay. But, you know, because, you know, the condom, it, it, it breaks. I'm like. Okay, well, don't buy cheap condoms. Okay, second of all, <laughs> second of all, stop having sex like a, a like a bunny rabbit that's high on crack. Slow down, bro. <laughs> and all, third of all, lubricate. <laughs> so we'll leave it at that. So. People are all taking notes right now. I know they're like number. Like, well, three. What was it? The third one was oh, lubricate. Oh my god, I can't believe I ever, ever left that one out. <laughs> 
Yeah, but I, I think all of us can collectively say that we're tired of this COVID life bullshit. We're tired of not being able to go to concerts, not being able to go to movie theaters, not being able to get together with friends and so forth at a restaurant. I mean, we're all fed up of it. We're, it's, we're just tired. And some people are, are way more fed up of it because they're in serious economic situations, not compared yeah. to other parts of the world that we've mentioned, but it's still serious. It's still serious when you can't pay your rent and you're wondering when your next paycheck is coming in. Those are serious stresses. Right. And so now as we're seeing this, you know, there's all just vaccine, vaccine, vaccine. So there are going to be some folks that are going to step up and, you know, want to take the vaccine. And then we're going to pretty much be like with anything else. You're going to have those that take it, those that don't take it. And then all the things that you've been, the one thing that everybody's been trying to avoid that that pretty much has worked in other places is that herd immunity is going to kick in at that point. Because again, you got people going to be vaccinated. Some they're not going to be. And yeah, there only, we go. Only, only a certain percentage of the population even needs to get vaccinated to, to accelerate the herd immunity. Right. So we right. don't have to have 300 million people in America vaccinated no. for it to be effective. I think even if half of that or less, Gets back, and I would say at least half the country probably is open to getting vaccinated. Well, I mean, so they say in a poll, they say you know that that's pretty much the consensus. But I don't don't know who they're polling, but people I talk to, they're like, man, f that. But I guess it's because they're coming from a certain community where things have been tested on them in the past, you know, and they're like, nah, bro, you won't you won't Tuskegee me again. So those that don't know, look up Google and look up Tuskegee experiments, okay, and check out. How your government handles things like this. <laughs> so. uh, but, I, but I tell you, here's my prediction with the vaccine is that it's not going to be mandatory, but it's going to be mandatory by default. And what I mean oh, by yeah, I mean, it's already heading that way. <clears throat> well, it's going to be, oh, yeah, you don't have to get it, but you can't fly anywhere now. Or you can't well, they're already doing that now. I mean, there's one airline that already said uh, the one there's an airline in Europe. I forgot which one it was. He already that their CEO already said that he's like, you're going to have to show that you, you know, you've been vaccinated and you've got yeah. uh, live nation. Live nation is already saying they're, they're thinking about, well, when they say they're thinking about, it, they're probably already doing it. You know, that pretty much you're going to have to get a scan. You're going to have like some some type of card or something like that to scan to get into concert venues showing that you've been you know, that you've had the vaccination. Right. So I was like, well, fortunately for me, I've seen everybody I want to see live. I don't care at this point. <laughs> you know? well, 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 then it becomes your choice, right? It becomes, okay, right. I'm willing, I'm willing to bite the bullet. So because I want to do certain things or you're saying, no, I don't want to take the risk. So I mean, either, and either one is fine. So what, whatever right. you want to do, you know, I, I wouldn't begrudge someone on either side of it. I get it. Right. <clears throat> I mean, I, I'm a simple man. I mean, I get it. Somebody, I'm a simple man. There's a lot of things that, you know, that would be inconvenience for most of that. Okay, I've done those things. I'm good. Actually, I'm a homebody. So, you know, but it's like, you know, even just with the the traveling or whatever, I'm like, okay, flying was a pain in the ass already. So, at this point, you know, it's like, okay, you just give me an even bigger excuse not to get on a plane. You know, so, so, um, it's already, the plane was already nasty anyway. I'm like, this is the reason why now you want to sit here and be extra careful about who gets on a plane. I was like, okay, prior to COVID, y'all didn't give a shit. And planes were nasty as hell. It's this big ass Petri dish, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, come on. So yeah, but like I said, they're going to make it very inconvenient for anybody that wants to right. actually participate in other activities for the most part. But at the same time, I have this feeling that that might end up slapping them in the face. Because uh, right now, most of those people who are talking to these companies, they're talking about looking at these um, guidelines, they're already hurting financially. <clears throat> and especially you're trying to f- 
force people in order to be a consumer of your product to flip a coin, basically saying, like, you can either not spend your money with us and participate in anything that you like you know, from the products that we produce, <clears throat> or you can risk your own life with some vaccines that have not even gone through the normal channels in which they have to be approved in the first place, which usually takes anywhere like eight, what, seven, eight years, you know, before it's even released, where this is coming out eight months later. So, right. you know, so you can risk your health in order to get back to your normal. I'm like, no, it's not normal. You walk around with a finger sticking out the back of your head. Well, <laughs> my, my attitude is all the unhealthy people should get it because they don't care about their health anyway. They've right. proven that. So what are you guys worried about? Like, oh, I'm not going to get the vaccines. Like, look, man, I've been to your house. I've seen your cabinet. You don't have <laughs> you don't have one thing in there that I would consider real food. You've been living <laughs> off processed crap for the last 20 years. You're 50 pounds overweight. Your skin's all inflamed and blotchy. You don't give a fuck about your health. <laughs> you know? So get the, do a, do society a favor and go ahead and test that vaccine for the rest of us. You, <laughs> come, you on, come on, man. Take care. one for the team, bro. <laughs> I mean, you don't real care patriot. about your health. Let's, let's be honest here, man. Just admit, you don't care about your health. Yeah, people who don't want to be healthy, go get the fucking vaccine, man. Do us all a favor. You know, the rest of us are going to focus on making sure our immune system is strong. Thank We're going to stay as healthy as possible. <laughs> you know? So just decide which camp you're in. Like, you know what? I don't care about my health. Let me get the shot. Yeah. <laughs> because that that's going to be your only chance. You know, if you're a really unhealthy person, you're yeah. at way greater risk of serious symptoms. Yeah. <laughs> And if you're not going to change your behavior at all, you're like, you know, I don't care. I'm not going to eat fruits and vegetables and organic food and exercise and get I'm fresh air. Vitamins? What are you talking yeah, about? I'm, I'm vitamins? Like, okay, fine. You don't have to do any of that, but go get the fucking shot. <laughs> you know? be like, okay, that sounds, man, that sounds very extreme. You know, you got to keep up with all that stuff every day. Just give me the shot so I don't have to think about it. So I can just smoke my cigarettes and I can sit around and watch TV all day. <laughs> that, that reminds me of this comedian. He was, he was like, yeah, my trainer put me through a workout. He's it's like, I was so sore the next day I could barely move. And then he told me I got to do it again. And I was like, I got to do it again? He's like, I didn't notice anything from the first workout. <laughs> no, it's like I should have noticed at least like a little bit more definition of my abs. You know, something. He's like, I got to do that shit again. And you know what? As long as I've been working out, some days I feel like that. Some days I'm in the gym and, and I finish a good workout and then it hits me. You know what? You got to train again tomorrow. And I'm like, oh, right. Well, <laughs> it's not you don't get to celebrate all week because you had right. that one good workout. You have to come back several more times. You know? it's like, all right, motherfucker, that's the first day. And that's yeah, probably and that's what you know, that's what a lot of people probably feel like on January first. Oh, yeah. you know? oh yeah. They're like, wait a minute. Again? But yeah. That's why you that's why you have a monthly membership. <laughs> I, I can't just come once a month. <laughs> no, and I'm, a, I'm like people like you and I. We actually like to train. You know, imagine someone right. who hates training and how much resistance there is to get on a roll because you you can't stand the process. And that's a problem right there too. He goes, you know, stop doing things because other people think you should be doing it. If you don't like weight training, if you don't like being in the gym, mm, you gotta find something gotta, else. Man. Here's the problem I got with that statement, Mike. I don't want to pay taxes, but people feel like I have to because of roads and schools and all this other crap. I'm like, homeschool those fuckers and stay home. Okay. Watch out. I don't want to pay taxes, man. It's ridiculous. It says the person getting the income tax return check, you know, yeah, easy for you to say. Somebody, you've been giving the government a, a interest free loan all year. <laughs> Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, but
but it's but we're we're all in that. I mean, we were in this fatigue, COVID fatigue state a long time ago, and now it's now it's dragging out way longer than pretty much anyone expected. And, yeah, and now it's heading into the part where it's like even more intense because in in most of the country it's about to get cold as hell. Yeah, <laughs> which is yeah. an oxymoron whenever I hear that cold as hell. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> so it's about to be cold, so you're about to be locked down anyway because. This is your annual lockdown period in the first place, COVID yeah. or no COVID for most people, especially people on the East Coast. So now it's just like, they're like, wait a minute, I got to extend this lockdown? Uh, <laughs> so, cold as hell. Cold as hell. That, that reminds me of when someone says, yeah, it's butt cold. I go, what, what kind of butt are we talking about here? Because, <laughs> it's cold or, or it's cold as balls out. So I'm like, dude, have you ever touched your ball sack? It's usually yeah, you're, warm you're, down there. It's like the, you're, you're if you ever like trapped the somewhere, they tell you put your hands in your pants when you're out <laughs> in extreme cold conditions because that's the warmest part of your body. <laughs> Who has cold balls? <laughs> Unless you're running around naked outside, which exactly. I, don't, I don't recommend. <laughs> and it doesn't matter because you don't even know where your balls are. They've shrunk so <laughs> You can't find your balls. <laughs> It's cold as balls, or it's cold as shit outside. Nah, shit is usually hot. <laughs> All these phrases make no sense. <laughs> we just say it. We accept it. <laughs> yeah, actually, Carol and I were having this this funny funny discussion about stupid phrases. Man, I forget the one. I forget the one I brought up that was hilarious. I got. I was like, you ever think about this phrase? How dumb it is. There's so many of those. Exactly. George man. George Wallace has a whole routine just based on stupid shit people say. Like when you fly in somewhere and you, you call someone from the airport and the other person is like, oh, hey, you made it. It's like, yeah, motherfucker, well, <laughs> I made it. <laughs> yeah. It's like, how was the flight? It's like, a phone how call. was the flight? It's like, well, we landed and we're all safe. You know, that's how it was. Like, no, nah, motherfucker, I'm calling you from heaven, okay? <laughs> like, I'm letting you know your name's not on the list. Okay, take care. Bye. Like someone calls you. This is like when we, when we all used to have landlines and someone calls you and you pick up the phone on your end and the other person goes, oh, yeah, you're there. It's like, yeah, motherfucker, <laughs> I am here. <laughs> So were you just calling just to see if it was going to ring and, so, and just get the answer machine? For those you know don't, that don't know, before voicemail, there was these little boxes with cassette tapes in it. Yeah, Google cassette tape. You put the, and the tape would actually record you when someone wasn't home. <laughs> okay. The, trust me, there are some people out there like, wait, what? What is the answer machine? <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Or like when someone says, hey, go fuck yourself. It's like, well, that's not the worst thing you could do. Oh, right. <laughs> to my, uh, to my, yeah, you know, they got a word for that. It's called masturbation. So, like, and I didn't need your, I didn't need your permission to go do it, buddy. Okay. <laughs> we just start saying that to people. It's like, you know what? Well, you just go masturbate yourself, all right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't have the same effect, man. <laughs> it actually sounds kind of kind. Don't seem like you're pissed off about it. Like, hey, go masturbate yourself. Oh, I, I believe I will. Thank you. Thanks for reminding me. <laughs> That's almost the equivalent of saying have a nice day. You know? <laughs> right. <laughs> Just stepping it up a notch. Like, you know what? Go have a nice day. Go. You said go, I, can, go. I, can, I can receive pleasure without the commitment and, and someone give you an attitude later or it costing me any money? Well, hey, I'm, I'm down for that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, speaking of rundown, I got a little peptide story people may find interesting. So I've been using a variety of peptides throughout this pandemic, some of them for increasing growth hormones, some really help with inflammation, joint health, things like that. So anyway, I was using one called Tessa Morellin, which is considered the most potent growth hormone peptide. And 
what makes it different than, let's say, growth hormone injections is that it doesn't replace your production. It just ramps up your own production so you don't get a shutdown or anything like that. Right. Now, that, that, that doesn't mean it's side effect free, though, especially when you play around with dosages. So one thing I was experiencing, and it culminated last week, is I just started getting night sweats all of a sudden. I was like, oh, fuck, man. I hope I'm not coming down with something. I hope I don't have the flu or COVID. And I go, let me, let me see how, how this plays out. So a, a couple nights of night sweats in a row, I was like, fuck. I was like, well, let me let me look at everything I'm doing first before I do anything else. And it, it, I just went through each peptide I'm taking and side effects and so forth. And it turned out one of the possible side effects of tesamorelin, especially if the dosages are a little bit too high, is night sweating because it can create this insulin resistant state where your blood sugar crashes when you're sleeping. And that induces sweating. Now, the, the, here's the thing, though. When you look up night sweating and causes, it's always the worst case possibilities. It's, oh, yeah, you may have cancer. I was like, yeah, that's what I want to read right now. <laughs> you know? It's like, you may have cancer, you may have a serious heart issue, you may have full-blown diabetes. I'm like, oh, that's great. None of these options sound that good. <laughs> you know? And then it was stuff like, oh, yeah, you might have had spicy food for dinner. I was like, well, look, I've had spicy food since I was five years old. You know, I don't see how. You're like, I'm half Indian. I'm, I'm immune to that shit, okay? <laughs> you're like, oh, if you take a hot shower before bedtime, I was like, man, I've taken hot showers before bedtime for a long time. I don't get, I don't start sweating just because of that. And I use the jacuzzi. That's, that can definitely contribute to it, even if it's a couple hours before bedtime. But sometimes you just have to look at what am I, what did I, what am I doing differently? Because most likely that's where the culprit right. is. And so I determined the culprit. I cut it out for, two days and I noticed the night sweats went down and then I tried taking a dosage to see what would happen and night sweats went up. So that was my confirmation. And now it's a couple of days out and I'm sweating a little bit at night, but it's almost completely gone. So that's a big relief. So sometimes you just have to look at what is going on. And also you have to realize that, you know, peptides are relatively safe, but that doesn't mean that they can't be abused. So don't, don't go for this more is better bullshit. A lot of times people look at the recommended dosage and they go, ah, let me take more than that to speed it up. I was like, in reality, you should probably take less just to develop it, see what your tolerance is, see where you're at, and then build it up gradually, and then be really aware of what the possible side effects are so that you're not alarmed if any of them happen. You go, okay, this is one of the possibilities, and I'm experiencing it now. Let me pull it back. Right. <clears throat> so as – that's the benefit of also being very dialed in to what you're, you know, what you're doing and not just kind of floating around and just, you know, being on autopilot. You know, even when you're just feeling like a little sick, you know, just a little off, like, hmm, okay, what's going on? What's going on? Yeah. You know, so what, what, what am I doing different? When did I start feeling this? Or you, you're in tune enough to know when you can actually feel a symptom coming on before it actually happens. You know, when you just feel that first where it just feels like someone just took like the fingernail on your pinky and just kind of scratched the back of your throat one time, you're like, <clears throat> you're talking like, oh, mm. so you start thinking like, okay, make sure I didn't inhale anything or I didn't, you know, like get like a, a, a eyelash or something in my throat. Like, wait a minute, that was a little scratchy. Like, oh, okay, yeah, f this. All right, let me ramp up my vitamin C. You know, let me drink a little bit more tea. You know, get some more ginger and things like that. Just because you you already feeling it coming on. You know, and then think about, okay, I've been around. Oh, I've been around my family members who one had a cold or my niece and nephew. You know, they're just. They're back in school and they're around a bunch of snotty nosed little kids. So, you know, you just kind of think about all those things and like, I, you know, and then just get a handle on it right ahead of time. And a lot of times, like I said, when you're in tune with your body like that and you just kind of block out the noise, then you can really avoid a lot of illness or just disruptors when it comes to your body, you know? Yeah. And there's definitely a fine line between optimizing things and then creating an imbalanced state. 
So yeah. sometimes you actually improve things and then it just gets dialed up a little bit too much in one direction. And now you're in this imbalanced state where you just feel off. You don't feel at your, your best. You're like, yeah, my energy is a little bit off and my sleep right. is not that great. My mood's a little bit. It was like, what's going on? And then there's just a little bit of due diligence. You start working through it. But here's, here's why it's important to take charge of that yourself. And I'm not saying you shouldn't get medical attention with, with to, when it, when it's something serious or even right. if it's not serious, you just want a second opinion. But where I'm going is if I went to a, a traditional doctor and I said, look, I've been experiencing night sweats, how many of them are going to ask me, okay, what supplements are you taking? Are you taking peptides? Have they even fucking heard of peptides? I'm like, pep, come on. They're, they're going to sit there and go, okay, they're going to look at the worst possible scenario that it may be, even though it's unlikely, and be like, well, let's have you go through a bunch of cancer tests to rule that out. Let's, let's do a fucking MRI to see what's going right. on. It's like all these really complex ways. And I know this from experience because one time I had this, like back in Los Angeles, I had this this – for a while, I had this sensation of frequent urination. Like, I, no matter how much I urinated, I felt like I had to urinate. You just felt like you had to urinate all the time. What was the name? What was the name, Mike? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Looking back on it now, it might have been a different cause. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't a burning urination. Let me let me add a ca- caveat there. So I went to a fucking doctor, and they do all the standard things. You know, they look at your lab work, this and that. This guy had no clue what was going on. He put me on potent antibiotics which were not warranted for this situation and it didn't help it made things worse and then i finally realized let me look at every supplement i'm taking because i'm everyone knows i like to do a lot of self-experimentation so i'm often trying different protocols all the time and i determined that i was taking a pre-workout drink that had not only creatine but several different kinds of creatine in it and anyone who's taking creatine knows that it increases urination you just have Flow taking it, especially when you're taking a really aggressive dosage, which is what this is this was what this amounted to. So I cut that product out for a couple of days. Bam, it was gone within a week. Yeah. Now, did this doctor ask me, "Hey, you look like a workout guy. Write down every supplement you're taking, and then let me take a look at the labels." He didn't do that any of that shit. He went to the most unlikely. He's like, "Oh, you probably have." Prostate inflammation, or you have a urinary tract infection, which, which were all possibilities. But when I didn't respond to certain things, it should have been, okay, there's, there's something else going on here. Let me look at it. But that's, you're, you're just not going to get that kind of service from most medical professionals is where I'm going, which is why you have to take charge of this. Because that time it was me that figured out what the problem was. Right. And rectified it. This time around, I didn't even, I didn't even go to a doctor, but I guarantee you if I did, unless it's one who's an anti-aging doctor, someone like Dr. Julio Garcia or someone that we know, Dr. Gordon, someone like that, yeah. Sure, he's, he's going to ask the right questions and figure it out. But the average doctor is not going to. They're just going to think, okay, well, here's what the textbook says. You may have cancer. You may have diabetes. <laughs> <you know? laughs> like, okay, those are those those may be factors, but they're probably unlikely. Those are less likely to be than like, something. You're going else. fully nuclear, doc. It's like, hold yeah. up, hold up, hold up. <laughs> I mean, not as sinister as that is where I'm going. So you have to be your own best health advocate. Right. And when you play around with stuff, you have to look at, okay, what am I taking here? <laughs> you know, what am I doing? And it's, what are the, what, what should I look out for? Because honestly, I thought I did enough research on Tessa Morellin. I watched a lecture on it. I read some stuff about it, but I, I didn't look at all the potential side effects. And that's something I should have done because I would have caught on much earlier. Because look, when you, when, by the time it got to the point where I'm having night sweats every night, that doesn't mean the problem just started that week. It's, it's been a problem for a while. And it just spirals into a bigger problem that's really noticeable. But you've been in this insulin-resistant state for a while for it to reach that point. 
So you want to find you want to you, uh, ideally you catch the signs before it reaches something more serious. But right. it, the most important thing is that you catch it, you know, because <laughs> right. sweats are not fun, man. I mean, you can't you can't just go back to bed. You can't you don't wake up in a fucking pool of sweat and be like, well, let me just, <laughs> I'm good now. <laughs> your shorts are all soaked. Your sheets are soaked. I mean, I had to go to the it's, other. It's bed. a production. It's like, yeah. It is a production, dude. You gotta change your clothes and then you gotta. Hey man, let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> no one wants to sleep in the wet spot, okay? <laughs> no. Straight up. And then uh, I always say, look, it could be worse. What do you mean? It's like, well, you could have pissed yourself. You know, at least you only. <laughs> I mean, then there's that. At least, it, at least it's only sweat. You, know, you took a shower before you went to bed, so it's not. Lady, you wake up and you pissed yourself and you didn't go out drinking the night before. And even then, that's, that's your <laughs> now we got Now we got a whole new prognosis that the doctor has to give you now. <laughs> yeah. You actually okay. have to go to the doctor and tell him or her that you pissed yourself. That's start, that's start and they're like, how old are you again? <laughs> okay, first of all, dude, you're too old to be pissing on yourself and you're too young to be pissing on yourself. Okay. <laughs> you know, you and I, we're at that crossroads where it looks very weird. Like, wait a minute, dude. You're 47? Like, you're 48? Like, come on. <laughs> Did, were you drinking the night before? No. <laughs> it's like, um, do you have a history of kidney disease in your family? No. Okay, okay, this is just really weird. Straight up. <laughs> but I mean, even even when people are taking supplements or you're changing your dietary protocol, let's say you're trying keto or you're trying plant based, you're just you're just changing things up. It, it behooves you to be a little bit educated on what possible side effects may manifest right. so that you don't freak out. So you're like, okay, this is what's happening. I figured this would happen, et cetera. Like, I, look, I used an infrared sauna the other day, and one of the possible side effects there is you're releasing so much toxicity that you can get a little nauseated. Oh, and yeah. that actually happened. And I was because I knew that ahead of time, it wasn't that big of a deal. I'm like, okay, I'm just detoxing right now. And I know we hear that word detox way too much and it, yeah. it, to the point where it almost <laughs> doesn't mean anything. Because people look at what I buy at the grocery store and they think I'm on oh, a Are you detox detoxing? Diet. <laughs> like, no. Like, I'm eating. This is my food. This is what I do. Every day? Every day? I'm eating like this so I don't have to detox. See how that exactly. works? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah, it baffles people like you're, you're eating that way every day. And it's not a special occasion or a special reason or a diet or anything like this. Like, no. Nah, I, like, I like vegetables. Wow. I wish I could like vegetables. <laughs> what? <laughs> well, said French fries. I love French fries. Shut up. Just stop. <laughs> Just don't. Well, that, that's another. That's another area that I find embar- that I'm embarrassed for people when, <laughs> let's say, they're our age or a little bit younger, a little bit older, and they couldn't make a meal, one meal, to save their life. They have to right. eat out every day. Or you get these guys who get divorced when they're in their 40s or 50s. And they're, <laughs> they're, they're eating out every day because they couldn't make toast if their life depended on it. Right. Or they pretty much all they can do is grill steaks. That's all they know how to do. <laughs> right. They're barbecuing every day. Every day. They got the little grill sitting out there <laughs> on the back porch. Just like, well, I got my Foreman grill inside. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, every adult should know how to eat properly. That shouldn't be a mystery. I mean, come on. You just... You just I mean, why don't you know? Why don't people know just the basics of how to eat healthy? That shouldn't be such a mystery. I mean, at least get the staples. I mean, get get what I call the poverty staples: beans and rice. If you can't if you can't make that, you're in trouble. And my thing is, and (laughs) and here's a cheat. Here's a cheat code for you: get a rice cooker. (laughs) Get a rice cooker. You can cheat with that on so many things, from pasta to oatmeal, so everything in a rice cooker. All you gotta do is just add water. 
and let it do it and fuck it up. And let it do what it does. And there you go. You have a meal. It's just that simple. Yeah, I mean, you you can cook an entire meal in a rice cooker. You you just load it up and forget about it. Boom. Yeah, man. Between a rice cooker and a a crock pot, you're set. You don't even need a stove. You really don't need an oven. Okay, you really don't. You you get an oven, you're just being fancy now. Okay, at this point. Yeah, man, you get a crock pot and a rice cooker in your life. You're good to go. So my thing is, I feel like you want to, you know, a path to being healthy. You know, you want to make changes now, especially because we get ready to go into the holidays and and get ready to go into the new year and all the other stuff. Hey, man, look here. People were talking about, you know, there are some people out there still trying to get gifts and don't know what to get people, especially because most people won't be able to go out anytime soon. Here you go. Hey, put in a request. Come on. Hey, I really could use a rice cooker from someone or a crock pot or a Berkey filter. You get those three things, you're you're you started, you're good. You're off to a good start. You're off to a good start. That Berkey filter will change your life. It really will. So yeah, th- those are those are better purchasing options than buying a new TV every year. Oh my like, god! Just buy TVs. You know, every you see- Black Friday, you buy a new TV. What 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 are yeah. you doing to those TVs during the other eleven and a half months? What are you doing to them? It's like come I mean, on, come on. It's the TV we have, we have two big screen TVs at the house, and I think both of them are over ten years old, and there's no sign of breaking we down. We have one, we have one, and we've been having it since Paulette and I started dating. Okay, so <laughs> this TV is at least thirteen years old. Yeah, going on fourteen years old. That, that's and it's so funny lasted, we bought it. Last longer bought, than most relationships. <laughs> exactly. And what's funny when we bought it, they were saying that um, you know, we have like a, a Sony, and when we bought it, the guy was saying that usually. The, the life of those, um, flat screen TVs is like about four to five years. I'm like, well, first of all, we're not going to be sitting, we're not the type of people that keep the TV on all day, all night, every day. Okay. We're not those folks. You know, it's lucky if it'll be on for at least 30 minutes to an hour every other day at this point. And I think that's one of the reasons why it's lasted so long. And so I'm like, I'm not, and trust me, when this one dies, then we're done. We don't need enough. We're good. So I think the TV knows that <laughs> it's just trying to survive. Like, Hey man, I, I know these people are not going to buy another television after me. So let me just give them the best years of my life now. <laughs> so dude, it's not even that serious <laughs> because have to, we rarely ever watch TV. So I just can't, I just don't understand. Most time when people are buying TVs every year, it's like, you really don't need that TV. I think it's the whole, it's the entertainment and the drama that comes with those Black Friday sales. Being in line, which kills me that, you know, you get up at 2 o'clock in the morning to stand in line, you know, waiting for a store to open three, four, five hours later, and you're camping out, and then they open the doors and everybody's fighting each other. <laughs> like, I don't know, like it's mass, it's like Exodus in the Bible. <laughs> you know, it's like let my people go. And they're all fighting just to get in and and separate themselves from their money. So, you know, just to say, hey, I think it's it's about having the story. So you can tell everybody, like, man, I remember we stayed out till like, we got there like 1 o'clock in the morning. We stayed there for like six hours in a line. It's something about that story, you know. And it's a different type of trauma bonding, if you ask me, at that point. I said, like I said, I think it's just the entertainment because is it really that serious? But at the end of the day, hey, the way the, the world keeps going the way it's going, and we end up having – we have another shutdown and people really have no jobs or anything like that. And people don't think you start getting in these food lines and things like that. At least they had practice during Black Friday sales for years, you know. So these main consumers, big time. 
This right. is kind of crappy to say, but hey, man, you put in that work now, so you're just, it's going to be a walk in the park for you to have to sit there and wait. And, you know, it sounds <laughs> cool, but it makes you think about it. It's like, okay, think about that. When you put that in perspective, like you're not preparing for situations like that where, you know, you could, you could be in a situation where you can't get out and get any food. You know, are you stocking up? Are you doing those things? You know, are you putting together a plan to where, you know, you can grow your own food? Are you getting seeds or anything like that? Even learning about that. Even looking at YouTube videos to teach you. You don't have to read books anymore to do that. You can go to YouTube University and, and learn all this stuff. You know, what are you doing to prepare for these so-called worst-case scenarios? Because now, one thing COVID has taught us, these are not just, you're not, it's not conspiracy theories anymore. It's not just being paranoid. It was within reach these last eight months. You know, being hungry, you know, being without money, resources, all these different things. So now that you've made it this far, this time they keep telling you it's going to be a second wave or a third wave. This time you have no excuse. Now you've been through it. It's not this unprecedented event anymore. You've done it now. You've been through round one. Now you kind of, you've had the filling out process, kind of like a fighter. Now you kind of see, you know, what you're dealing with. Now what are you going to do differently this time around? And right. so. So my thing is, for those, I mean, <laughs> I see these reports are saying that, you know, like um, Black Friday numbers were down, way down this year. Well, first of all, motherfuckers are broke. What do you, what did you expect? And number two, people don't want to sit there in crowds and lines, well, a lot of people, you know, and, and risk getting sick if they haven't been sick. You know, yet there's still yeah. some people just out of habit, they still did it or whatever. But at least I see that there's a growing majority of people that are really thinking twice about taking seriously what's going on here. It's like, why subject yourself to getting it the easy way? Make it hard to get COVID, okay? Make it very hard. So, again, like you're saying, you know, do things where you're eating eating right, you know, pretty much you're, you're cooking your own food, you know, you're getting out, you're being active. Make it so hard. COVID's like, you know what? F this guy. He doesn't want me. <laughs> I'm going to go find that, that, that out-of-shape dude over there. Yeah, that, he looks good. Uh-huh. Let me hop over on him. So, I mean, shit. Most of us are probably. I, I bet. I, I. I would like to do the antibody test, honestly, more than anything else, because I, I'm of the feeling that most of us have probably had it. And well, I think I think you had it last spring, and I was in Vegas oh, that week yeah. that you had that. You know, that you were really sick because you were like, "Nah, dude, I, I can't meet up with you. This is serious." You know, you're like, "I've been feeling like crap for like three days now," and like you had that pneumonia, or whatever. And I, and I think that entire trip in Vegas, I think pretty much. And that's, you know, that's when we went to the restaurant convention. I, and you got people coming from all over to that convention. You yeah. know, so I, I'm pretty sure, you know, because there were times probably a couple of months after in the summer, you know, that I was feeling some weird stuff, like shortness of breath. I'm like, okay, maybe it's just this humidity or whatever. But it was just a little off, a little weird right. than normal, whatever. So I started just, you know, changing yeah. things up. And I'm like, all right, first of all, you know, because normally, like, especially in the summertime, you know, my buddies and I, you know, we like to go and have our little cigar ciphers, you know, like once a week or at least once a month or whatever. I was like, you know what? I'm, there'll be no cigars. There'll be no no drinking, none of that. And I'm just going to really focus on really consuming um, like a green smoothie first thing in the morning and right. just really, you know, amping up my fluids and, you know, ramping up my vitamin C and my zinc and all this other stuff, you know. And that was even before there was even a COVID you know, being mentioned. That's just things I'm like, okay, when you start feeling a little off like that, you know, I need to feed my immune system a little more and then take away those things that actually will deplete it, you know, and wear it out. And so, and then, you know, about a month or so later, everything got back to normal. And then, you know, here we go, six, fast forward, six, seven months later, here's this, this virus and here are these symptoms. I'm like, oh shit, these are things I felt 
right after we came back from Vegas. <laughs> you know, I'm like, oh. And then, you know, I, I think about a lot of people in the firearms community because, you know, there's this um, convention called SHOT Show that happens in January in, right. in Vegas. And um, last January, so many I, – I didn't go to SHOT Show last year. Well, this year. I didn't go. But there were a lot of people that did go, and there were so many people that came back, and they were all sick. A lot of these folks had, like, these, these flu and pneumonia-type symptoms. And it's just – now, it's, you know, quite a few of my friends, they look back and they're like, you know what? I have a feeling that I probably had COVID back then, you know, back in January. I was like, I said, it's funny how the common denominator here is Vegas. <laughs> it's Vegas. <laughs> yeah. Patient zero could be Vegas. Hopefully it's exactly. not me. <laughs> you know, hopefully it wasn't me. You know? It's like, yeah, let's find out who started this whole thing. And it turns out it's me. I'll be like, oh, shit. <laughs> it's time to move out of the country. <laughs> 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 yeah, like a witch hunt looking for you. I <laughs> get him. I, I think a lot of us have had it, or we've had something so similar yeah. that it doesn't even make a difference because you're yeah. getting the same exact outcome. Yeah, we've had something in that in that SARS family, you know. Right. Right. <laughs> and, the, and now the mutations happen. It's like, oh well, you you pretty much have had the blueprint of what it is now, so you're good. <clears throat> so yeah, man, it's. It's like I said, people, it, it helps to be dialed in to what your what's normal for your body and what's abnormal. And even when you're even when you've been in pain for a long time, that still needs to be abnormal. You know, don't accept that. Don't just like, oh, I'm getting older or, you know, it's because this this like, nah, F that man. Be resilient to my just tell yourself that's unacceptable. You know, your your freaking knees hurting just from sitting, sitting down or your back hurting just from standing up from the sitting up from the couch. Or reaching over for the remote, you know, reaching for the remote, and then all of a sudden now you feel like you slipped a disc. That's unacceptable. Don't don't accept that. That's crap. Like, okay, how can I fix that? Because I don't care who you are, whether you're six or seventy six, that is unacceptable. It needs to be fixed, man. So that's the that's the one thing I want people to do. be like, you know what? F that. I'm not accepting this. Fix it. No. What can we do to change this? Because right now you don't need anything extra to really push COVID's agenda of taking you out. Right. Because it's, it's a mighty bastard. So my thing is like, if you can, if there are things within reach that you can do, those little things, they, they go a long way. So yeah, man, you know, check what you're eating, you know, drink more fluids, be more active, get out and get some sunshine, please. If you can get sunshine, take it. Cause there are parts of the country where people may be getting a, a very limited amount, if any sunshine now at right. this point, right. as we get ready to go into winter. So, <clears throat> And it's going to help your mood big time as well. And if you don't have that much sunshine, there are lamps for that. There are, light, there are lamps you can get inside your house, you know, that, that do that. And also, look into the infrared, you know, machine that Mike was talking about. That that helps too. So Yeah, I'm actually looking into getting an infrared sauna for the house because I, I think I would use it several times a week. It's really relaxing. It's inside. It's not like my jacuzzi that's outside. You have to freeze your ass off to get in and out of it. Right. And it's it's actually more beneficial in terms of for your health. You're not sitting in a hot tub of chlorine, <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. soaking it in all your <laughs> soaking it in all your cells. With but, the it's almost the opposite there. actually. And infrared is all about expunging toxins. While right. a hot tub, while it's really relaxing, it is. But you're also taking in a lot of chlorine. So you have you're to sitting in you're sitting in toxic soup, you know. And <laughs> and you also have to, especially if you go to one like at, at a gym or something, you also have to look at the person who's just in it before you get in. You, then you yeah. have to really think like, do I really want to sit in that? <laughs> <laughs> After seeing that guy, so 
So, yeah, well, shit, pre-pandemic, anytime I got sick, it was always after I'd been to the M Spa. <laughs> Steam room being the worst culprit. I mean, that's just a fucking beacon for Old bacteria balls. and like an <laughs> incubator for disease in there, man. You know? that's, that's this, and it feels great, but you have to have your own to make it feasible. If I, if I have, I'll, I'll get, if I'm ever going to use a steam room again, it's going to be my own steam room that I have in one of the showers at the house. Yeah, especially these days, especially in, in post in a post COVID world, like you damn sure don't want to be sharing stuff like that anymore. <laughs> yeah, we stayed in this hotel one time at the Aria, and the, mm-hmm. the shower the shower had a steam room. It was fucking awesome. Oh man, I know. Once I noticed that, I was in there for like an hour. Carol's like, "Hey, what are you doing in there?" I was like, "Hey, there's a steam room in here." Man, the Aria is Aria is the best, man. I mean, between that, just just those freaking curtains alone, the remote curtains, all that. Like that is like one of the baddest ass like hotels to stay in when you're in Vegas. I, I like I like that whole city center area. I like yeah, Vodara, yeah, Verdana, Verdana, and Aria. Yeah. It's a nice little yeah. setup over there. Yeah, Vodara has these penthouse type suites that you can see. Super nice, two Dude, levels. It's so damn nice. So nice. <laughs> and I was surprised because you know when you first see Vodara and you've been in Aria and you look out your window look at Vodara like why does that one look so rinky dink you know <laughs> from the outside you look like that looks like one of the lesser hotels in that whole group but then yeah. you stay in Vodara like oh I see why it's kind of off to itself and, and kind of low key and it works in your not favorite. as easy to access you know from the yeah. street you know now you understand it's like then you appreciate it. you're like you know what I'd much rather be in Vodara than Aria sometimes because you know Vodara I mean Aria has so much high so much traffic. Well, it yeah. did. You know, I'm pretty sure, you know, it's yeah, not, not anymore, but yeah, it did. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> it was just such a busy place. You know, so happy, just so much going on. One thing I do love about Aria though, you know, that's one of the few casinos, like, you smell no smoke. Like, their ventilation yeah. system is so awesome. And then they put these air fresheners in their ventilation systems or whatever, and it goes throughout the entire place. Like, you, you smell no smoke. I mean, that's just the biggest turnoff for me to be in any of these hotels or casinos in Vegas. Because it, it smells big, like a pack of cigarettes when you but, come But I'll tell you what, one good thing about the pandemic is, is no one's smoking. No, oh, certainly yeah. not. No, I mean, people may be, actually, I don't think anyone is smoking in a casino anymore, but they're definitely not smoking at the tables, which is a yeah. big plus. Yes. Yes. So, yeah, man, it's, it'll be interesting to see life going forward, especially when things do kind of relax a little bit to see, like, what's going to happen, you know, Pretty much after a round of people are getting vaccines and things, all that's happening. I mean, it, you'll see, it'll be interesting to see how these businesses kind of change up their, their, you know, what's acceptable now. Right. So, and to see how people are, it's like, okay, are you really that interested in smoking now at this point? You know, knowing that your lungs are like pretty much at the top of the food chain with this virus out here now. <laughs> so, I'll be Some really. Some people are just out of their mind. They could care less. Like, I'm going to keep smoking. I'm going to keep drinking. They have this fatalistic attitude. I mean, I've talked to many people who feel that their body is like a car. You just run, you just keep running it into the ground until it's over. You know, that's their mentality. They've actually verbalized that too. It's not just the implicit mentality. They choose the wrong car. I mean, they treat their body like a pinto. You know, (laughs) my thing is, if you're going to be a car, be a Rolls Royce, man. Be a phantom. (laughs) You know, know, go, Put it, go all in, man. To, you know, be pristine and stand out. So there's nothing wrong with that thinking that your body's a car. Just pick the right one. A Kia, not so much. Okay. <laughs> Straight up. Well, I mean, it's just, 
I like being active. I like being healthy and active so I can go do fun shit. I can go skateboarding. I can lift weights. I can go hiking and things like that. Those are things that are important to me for my quality of life. I like mobility. Right. And some people don't seem to care, which it just boggles the mind. They go on. They they want to move as little as possible. They're always looking for ways well, to decrease activity, not well, increase. It became, it became a habit. It became their normal. So everything you're talking about sounds extreme, you know. Or it just sounds like, you know, if there's some people that finally see like, oh, that sounds like stuff that you know rich people do, or you know, people who don't have responsibilities or whatever. And, and then on the flip side, there are also people that that is their life because they work a nine to six or an eight to six. And right. the majority of their day, they're they're immobile. They're they're sitting down at work for the majority of their day. They're sitting down on their way to work for two hours in traffic. You know, they're sitting down on their way away from work, heading home for two hours in traffic. So now you're looking at people that spend about 12 hours a day being in a sitting position and not really moving around for the most part. And it's become normal and it's become their way of life and it's become the way they make their living, a part of the way they make their living. Right. So they're no longer thinking about that now. At that point, they've become immune to it. So to do all the extra stuff is like, I don't, that's why you hear people say, I don't have time for that because they feel like when they're doing the things that actually are helping to pay their bills or whatever, that kind of go, all the things that you just said for most of them, it goes against the things they do that's helping them survive. You know, and I know sometimes, you know, with some, like it's really, there's no excuse, but then there's also an excuse when most people are not even aware that it's happening. They've kind of just really got into this routine of things and they're no longer, no longer aware. It's pretty much become this muscle and they don't have to think about it anymore. So it really has to be something disruptive to come along and kind of shake them up a bit and make them right. aware because they become zombies to it. Like shit. Same thing with us, but being active or whatever It's we don't really have to think that hard about being active. Okay. What gets our attention is when we're to a point where we're not going out and doing the active things that we love to do. When that when we're being disrupted that way. Like this right. whole pandemic thing. When we can now it becomes a problem for us because otherwise it's just this muscle that we have. It's this foundation that we have. And we don't have to, we don't have to think twice about, I don't have to think twice about, Oh man. Okay. I need to set an alarm so I can go outside and get some sun today. No, when I'm sitting here and I can start feeling like a little bit like, uh, man. Okay. I'm starting to feel a little bit sluggish right now. Oh, someone's sitting here, sitting here looking at stock charts. For the last four or five hours, I'm gonna let me take a break <laughs> so I can get my ass outside and you know get away from this artificial light and get outside and get some sunshine now. You know because my body's realizing like, hey bro, we ain't, we haven't been outside yet. We don't have any fresh air. What's you need to fix that? You know so now, so that, like I said, sometimes people really need these disruptors to happen. It's good, yeah. Realize. And it just, I mean, it's good to have exercise breaks too and a less dramatic recommendation. So it's, if you're sitting around, like you and I are both, we're working on our computers, we're doing things. So it's easy to get stuck in this, this sitting position, this sedentary position. So what I like to do is every hour I get up, I go outside, I throw yeah. some balls to the dogs, I get on my indoor board, I balance, move around a little bit, it's fun mobility work. I throw a ball against the wall and catch it for a few minutes, or I do a couple kettlebell presses, or I do some one-legged squats, or I do some Hindu squats, you know, just something, just something to yeah. shake it up. And then there's actually an additional benefit because there's an accumulation with this. I mean, if you're taking several exercise breaks throughout the day. Hey, man, it's compound I, interest right there. Yeah, exactly. It's a bonus to whatever else you're doing. Whatever exercise you're getting, this is just a little bit of extra on top of it without really thinking about it. Yep.
I mean, you're just doing some joint mobility. And one thing I always keep, I always keep a couple of kettlebells right by my desk, you know. So when I'm looking, there they are standing right there. And hey, man, you don't want to, you don't want to get out and do a couple of renegade rows. You want to do a couple of swings, you know, or just some gobble squats or something. It's like, I'm sitting over here. Pick me up. You know, you know, you want to. And so, yeah, man, like, like you said, you know, I'll go out, you know, throw the balls around with the dogs. And I, I have like, um, um, our friend Claude. Claude Ray out in Louisiana, he had uh, yeah. built a mace. He built a mace for me, and so I keep that oh, mace cool. like right there. And so just kind of, especially because you know you're sitting on the computer, whatever you're, you know, you do your best not to be hunched over. But again, you know those shoulders are going to slump sometimes. And so yeah. just keep my shoulders loose. You know, when I go out with the dog, sometimes I just grab that mace and just do some mace swings. You know, back and forth or whatever. And and of course my neighbors are wondering like, what the hell is this? Doing? And the construction guys, <laughs> you know, who are like building the street, you know, behind us or whatever, they're looking like, what the hell is up with this dude? <laughs> He's swinging his thing around it. <laughs> so the, the just getting those looks is always funny so i'm like hey if you're going to get attention you know make it very interesting you know <laughs> so yeah dude <laughs> yeah especially i mean it's also good for people that let's say you you're in, you're going through a busy stretch you're, you're having a hard time allocating time towards physical activity well at least you have all those breaks still going on you're still getting yeah. something going on because there's nothing worse than being inactive for a couple of weeks and then you try to get Ooh, going again your body's so stiff everything <laughs> feels i hate you know what i hate is that feeling of everything feels heavy starting you're over doing your warm-up sets it feels heavy it's like pull-ups yeah. feel heavy i hate Hate that feeling. <laughs> that first round of jump ropes, you feel a little windy, like, what the hell? <laughs> it's like, you know, and you, like basically every time you jump, it just feels like you're landing on bricks. <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> like, man, what the hell is going on here? And then you just kind of like, eventually you get pissed off, like, nah, 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 we're not doing that. <laughs> I've, I've been doing this for far too long for me feeling this way. So you just kind of shake it off. And you, like I said, you get that, 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 it's that disruptor. You get that reminder, like, hey man, you need to move a little more often because, uh, this is not cool. This doesn't feel good. So, come on. And sometimes you can it actually work to your advantage to kind of feel like that first day again as well because it's humbling, you know, so you don't get just so sure of yourself and you're not paying attention to, you know, just the the very the basics or whatever. Well, what's funny is when, whenever I meet up with people now, I always say, let's do something active. I go, so instead of getting together for lunch, let's go walk around the neighborhood. Just come over right. to Seven Hills where I live. We'll go walk my dog around the block. We can have the same conversation, but we're getting fresh air. We're moving around. We're not just sitting. Exactly. Probably consuming crappy food wherever we're at. Yeah, or let, yeah. let's go skateboarding. Let's just grab a skateboard. Come on out. You don't skateboard. Get a bike. Come on. Get roller blades. Right. Come on. Let's go do some activity rather right. than just sitting around all the time. Because what like Clarence Bass said when he came on the show years ago that – it's not so much that your metabolism goes down just because of the natural aging process. It's more because your activity level goes down as you get older. Right. So, I mean, people should be thinking, oh, you know, I work out four times a week. That's not enough, honestly. That's great. Doing more on top of that. You should be walking every day. You should be doing fun activities every day, whatever it is. I mean, you should have yeah. a lifestyle. I mean, activity shouldn't be looked at something where you're going – Man, let me just get the minimal man so I can just sit around and do nothing. It's like, no, you should want to get as much activity as possible. You can't overtrain walking. You can't walk too much. You know? <laughs> yeah, right. You really like, can't. I mean, I mean, yeah, you got to treat it like this appointment only. It's like, right. well, as long as right. I make this appointment three times a week in my appointment book of working out for an hour, I'm good. You know, it's like, what is, what are the things you're doing between your last workout and this one, though? That's what right. I, that's what it really. What's what's up with the gray matter in between? 
instead of, you know, what's, what's going on between point A and point B. And that's usually no matter what you're doing in life, that's where all the things count. Cause you know, it's that process in there because otherwise working out just becomes a chore. It just becomes this thing that you have to do right. and you're not going to really enjoy it like that. No. You know, and most people that enjoy working out is because they do other things other than working out. Other people who just only work out, they're not enjoying it. It's a job. It's a, right. it's, it's a part of their profession of who they are. You, you can, you can tell they have a negative association with physical activity because they <laughs> only do it in the context of working out. So when they're not working out, they're doing nothing. And a lot of people that are into fitness fall into that category. Yeah. <laughs> you know, more and that's the reason why they end up over, that's why they work out so much. Because they want to feel like they're doing something. So they, they, they'll they sit there and find a way to come up with a two- to three-hour workout routine. I'm like, that's not <laughs> – I don't know what that is. <clears throat> I'm like, you're running away from something else in life or you're not training hard enough. Because if you're training effectively, you're not going to last three hours. You're really not. You're going to have to take some breaks. You've got to do something different. Even if you're – if you even look at some of the most elite MMA fighters out there, okay, they may spend one hour training boxing. And then the next hour they may go do jujitsu. Then they take a break. Then an hour after that they go eat. Then they take they take a break. Then they take a nap. And then later on after they may go do muay thai, you know, or they may actually just go do some sparring, you know. So yeah, they worked out four hours that day, but they didn't do it four hours straight because there's no way right. they're really going to be effective right. at doing a, a straight four hour workout. You right. know, they had to break it up. And like they're professionals, they're getting paid to do it. So you're not. What are you doing? Why are you in the yeah. gym three to four hours a day? You're not getting paid. What are you doing? You're, you're, you're a professional. You have some genetic benefits. The fact that you're even made it that far. You're right. eating properly. You have a team of people around you to help you yeah. be optimal. Massage therapists, people that stretch you out. I mean, those are all big components. It's just like the Bulgarian weightlifters. I mean, they train five times a day. Usually it's no more than 15, 20 minutes. But, and they don't train anywhere close to failure. They're Olympic lifters. So they're not right. going until they can't do a good rep anymore, not even close to it. But even after those relatively low intensity workouts, they're getting a quick massage. They're getting stretched out. They're, they're taking ballet classes. Okay. <laughs> so, so yeah, throw the, all you big tough guys that you know work out hard. Think about that. These are some of the strongest dudes in the world, and they're taking ballet. Okay, because they're working on their balance, their uh, grace. Because you need all that. My, my counter to that is, you better be one of the strongest guys in the world <laughs> if you're taking ballet, because otherwise you're going to get fucked with to no avail, man. <laughs> It's like, you better be strong as shit. <laughs> like, yeah, I do ballet, and you're about to laugh, and then you look at the guy, and you're like, you know what? He looks like a bad motherfucker, so I'm not going to make any jokes. Yeah, I'm going to keep this laugh to myself. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that that movie Kickboxer with Van Damme where he's talking yeah. to his brother. He's oh. like, oh, mom was great. She put us in ballet. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Can you just imagine Ken Blackburn doing ballet? <laughs> No, the funny thing is, is I can. You know, I can uh, yeah, I can. really, I can because that that guy is one of the key. He's so fluid and so yeah, flexible. Yeah, exactly. That's why. <laughs> to my, to my, to my, any any man that size, you really he shouldn't be that flexible. But then again, he should. <laughs> I mean, right. that dude is fluid. Man. Yeah, yeah, he really is. He moves. I mean, he, he can just drop, a, drop down to a split like it's nothing. I'm sitting there like, <laughs> yeah, my boss said it's a no for me, dog. <laughs> But you can just imagine Kid confiding. He's like, you know what, guys? Uh, keep this on the download. But I've been doing some ballet, and it's, it's really, <laughs> it's really helping my my jujitsu game. <laughs> it's it's had a phenomenal effect on my phenomenal. <laughs> <laughs> now I remember growing up, I was taking karate classes, and every once in a while, 
a, an NFL player would be in the class or someone who's a professional athlete. Mm-hmm. And they would talk about how a lot of them, you take ballet as well to just really improve their flexibility and keep them more injury free and so forth. And, and all of us would kind of look at each other when they said it, but all, none of us said shit because it's a professional. What am I going to say? I'm a fucking 16 year old kid. I weigh like 155 pounds, you know, like no muscle whatsoever at this stage of my life. And here's this professional football player talking about the merits of ballet. You know? I'm not really in a position to say jack shit. So you just have to right. sit there. It just sounds funny. You know, Oh, ballet, huh? <laughs> Big, 365 pound lineman to my ballet, like really? <laughs> so, okay. Well, it's like there was this clip on Instagram of this 300 pound, looked like a Samoan guy dropping into a skate ramp. And I was like, holy shit. That's a lot of weight to be moving down that ramp. You know, right. I'd be about moving down that ramp. And here's a guy who's got at least a hundred pounds on me. <laughs> Where if he if he crashes at that body weight, it's gonna hurt. It's gonna hurt. Really. Yeah, it's gonna hurt. Because <laughs> you got three hundred pounds at high velocity crashing. Yeah, exactly. So my gravity's like, yeah, this is about to be fun. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> it's good to have a. One of the things I like about skating, though, is I, I like that. I like to have a little bit of an element of fear. It's like, okay, you know, cut this corner right, otherwise you're gonna go flying. Right. You just work through those fears because I, I I hadn't skateboarded since I was a teenager when I started doing it again. So it's, I mean, it didn't take long for me to get the moves back, but it took a little while to get the confidence back. Of yeah. Make this turn. I can manage the fear. Or like the board starts speeding up and you freak out a little bit. So you well, yeah, because, off. I mean, dude, it's like now you're in your 40s and falling down hurts a lot worse than it did 20, oh, 30 yeah. years ago. <laughs> I, like, crushed, and the recovery I've, sucks a lot more, you know. No, I've crashed a few times, and actually it made me – I actually felt good about the crashes. And what I mean is, you know, I got up, no big thing. I wasn't like, oh, fuck, you know, my back is screwed up now or, right. you know, I twisted my ankle. It's like I took some pretty bad impact in grass, I may add. I didn't crash on concrete. That's a totally different story. <laughs> yeah. But I was, I was happy that I wasn't all fucked up because a lot of guys my age or our ages – you know, they crash on a skateboard, they're fucked up, which is why they don't do it. <laughs> you know? right. Like, I, I can't afford to crash on that board. <laughs> and one of the things is that, you know, just from the people we've trained with and things we've done, we actually know how to fall. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I think that's what gets a lot of people because a lot of people don't know how to fall. And that's they right. fall, you know, they put their hands out in front, then boom, they their wrists all jacked up. You right. know, they don't necessarily know how to roll, you know, do a shoulder yeah. roll and that's things right. like that. Or if they fall on their back, they don't know how to like tuck their chin, you know, without hitting their head on the freaking concrete. Yeah. You know, you yeah. Know, they haven't done that enough. And we, we talked about that when we did, um, the, the, the LLA, um, you know, conference a few years ago, right, right. you know, just learning how to just take a fucking fall, you know, yeah. and I'm like, put that in your, put that in your regimen, you know, and between that and just also just standing up and sitting down without using your hands, little things like that go a long way. It, it, because it makes even sitting down with no hands, also kind of prepares you for what you need to do for a fall. Oh, know? yeah. No, it's true. It's, it makes because a big difference. Because if you don't know how to sit down without your hands, you're going to collapse on the floor and fall down. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. I mean, I, when I used to teach headstand leg raises at my courses, I would purposely have people fall. I mean, a lot of times it would happen anyway because someone's <laughs> right. balance would be off. And we're on mats, though. I'm not going to have people do headstand leg raises on just a regular floor. But what I would tell people is like, oh, look, chances are you're going to fall over. So let's just get that out of the way. Let's actually purposely fall. And instead of just falling flat, 
just tuck your knees in. The second you yeah. feel yourself falling, just tuck your knees in because then you roll into it and it's no big deal. What you don't want is full extension and then you just fall like timber. <laughs> Boom. And I, and that, I've done that before too. So I know from experience yeah. that's not much fun, but I, I was doing headstand leg raises at the park maybe a month ago or maybe a little bit longer. I was just doing this, just shaking up my training and I fell over there and I, I just went, I just tucked my knees in. No big thing. You just rolled right into it. So like you said, it's actually good to practice tumbling, practice falling a little bit. I mean, especially if you're going to do something like skateboarding or you're going to do some other activity where you may fall. Or if you or if you plan on aging, <laughs> <laughs> if you plan on being old, OK, then and if you're not old already. So and that's a relative term. So it just depends on how you feel right now. Then again, these things that we're talking about, you should start incorporating those into your regimen because to sit there and get up in age, get into your 60s, 70s, 80s, especially 80s and, and 90s, and those falls, they're deadly. Okay. There's really a lot of times there's no recovery from that. No, it's so, true. It's so true. my thing is learn how to fall now while you're still mobile and you're actually able to recover a lot faster. And so, and do it correctly. And my thing is, yeah, but do it on a mat. You know, go, you know, go to like, there's some like gymnastic, well, right now in these days and times, probably not so much. But my thing is, but I know there are a lot of, um, MMA schools or, you know, jujitsu schools, things like that. You know, they're available and things like that. My thing is, those are the places where you want to go. Not only will you learn how to defend yourself, you'll learn how to take a fall, which is also part of learning how to defend yourself. Because a lot of times you're in a confrontation. Someone's going to try to take you down. Right. So you need to learn how to fall down when there's somebody coming at you and then you're in that situation instead of just collapsing with this body weight of someone else pushing forward and, and pushing you down and then coming down on top of you. You know, that's just going to make your fall that much worse. So you need to learn how to hit that, hit the ground, especially with another human being on you. So why not, you know, get the most out of the situation? Learn some defense, learn how to take care of yourself physically, you know, during falls and things like that. Hey, why not get the full package and put it all in perspective? I know it's very daunting to think about that because a lot of people think like, man, I, man, I'm this, I'm, I'm, I'm this age now. I'm not young anymore. I'm like, that's one of the main reasons why you need to get into all this because right. you're thinking like that. That's the very reason why, because well, and also I think it's dangerous when you start using your age as a, philo- a philosophy direction. And what I mean right. is, it's like, well, you know, I'm 45 now, so I don't go to concerts anymore. Or like, oh, I used to skateboard, but now that I'm 50, it's like, see, it, I mean, if you don't want to do it, that's fine. But don't right. make your age the reason why you're not doing something. Like, there's things I don't do anymore, but it's not because of my age that I don't do them anymore. Right. Because I don't like, want I'm to just do not that. Interested. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't care like, to oh, do that well, anymore. Well, I'm at this age now. I, I, I don't let age be a decider on what course of action I take. That to me is just nonsensical. And there, there's, a, there's a lot of things that people would enjoy doing if they d- framed it better. Like sometimes I've had people go to concerts with me who haven't gone for a long time, and they're like, man, this is I, I don't know why I stopped doing this. It's like, well, you stopped doing it because you thought you were too old to do it. Yeah, and you, you believe what other people are telling you. Like, man, you're too old to be doing me going to that concert. I'm like, look, man, I can sit there and be around all young people, people younger than me or whatever, at a concert whatever. Hey, man, look here. Here's the thing. I'm not going to necessarily get in the mosh pit with them. And I've done, I, look, man, I've done my time. 
in the mosh pit. Okay. I put in my work. <laughs> I, I paid my dues. Okay. <laughs> you know, so, and things are a little different now because some of those, now I'm a little, I'm a little hyper aware about people now. So there'll be some of those that are pushing around like, wait a minute, you're not just doing this for, that was kind of personal. <laughs> so yeah, it yeah, becomes yeah, something yeah. different. So my thing is I can go enjoy that same show and I can do that over to the left side of all of them. And oh, yeah. I can enjoy the show and enjoy watching the mosh pit. Not sitting there thinking about, oh, I remember when I used to. No, I'm actually like, okay, these those dudes are having a damn good time. But, oh, that dude probably should look out for that guy because I don't think he's actually moshing to be moshing. You, know, you get to step back now because back in the day you were part of that and you weren't being aware when somebody was just being an asshole in yeah. the mosh pit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and now you can sit back like, yeah. Yeah, I know that dude. I can look at that dude. I know his looking at his body language, what he's trying to do. And no one is the wiser right now. And that's why I'm glad I'm sitting over here to the side and I'm getting ready to enjoy not only this great concert performance, but I'm about to enjoy this MMA match that's about to happen in a few minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm looking for security and the exit just in case it gets out of hand. So has nothing to do with age. It's like, no, actually, I can take in a lot more than I'm older and wiser in these situations. So I can truly enjoy these experiences now. Well, I mean, also, the problem with using aging as a deciding point is that that's how you end up dressing like a dork, wearing that, those fucking blue button-down shirts and khakis that you see a lot of businessmen. And, th- and that's their casual outfit. <laughs> I go, you know, got motherfuckers on a plane to fly somewhere with that outfit on. It's like, why are you, why are you so dressed up on a plane? You, you look like a fucking dork. It's not remotely comfortable. Well, it's even so, worse. I mean, it's even worse if they get like a buddy pass because those part of the requirement of having a buddy pass is that, you know, you have to dress like that. You know, you have to wear a tie. Whatever. I'm like, okay, why? First of all, anyone on that plane, they don't know that you're getting a buddy pass, that you're representing somebody that works for the company. That's stupid, first of all. And number two is like, why, why do you have to put, that's not being a buddy when you force them to have to wear that stuff in the first place. I mean, it's supposed oh, yeah. to be a buddy pass. This is supposed to be something that a friend or a family member looks out for. You know, like, hey, I'm going to hook you up. Here you go. You can use this, whatever. But I'm going to need you to dress up in this clown suit first <laughs> like, and be as uncomfortable as hell. You got to wear these khakis. You got to wear these nut cutters, you know, while you sit in these tiny ass seats. It's not like in the buddy pass you're necessarily always gonna get first you're gonna get first class or something like that. I'm like if I still gotta sit in the same coach seats, I need to be comfortable. You know, right. not sitting here looking like I'm about to, you know, take your customer service request. Okay. Whenever I see someone with a suit on, I think, well, he must not be doing that well. Otherwise, he wouldn't have to wear that suit. <laughs> That's what I think. I don't think, oh, yeah, he must be doing really well. I was like, shit, man, if you were making real money on your own terms, you, you wouldn't, you'd be walking around in fucking shorts and a T-shirt and flip-flops if that's what you feel like doing. Exactly. <laughs> but, you know, hey, if some people, they like, if they like to wear a suit, then wear a suit. But oh, absolutely. Like, but um, but I, if you feel like you have to wear that to show that you're a businessman that's on a business trip, I'm just like, yeah, pretentious much there, buddy. <laughs> just like, but you're sitting in coach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the real thing, man. If, you're, if you have a suit on, you better be in first class. Exactly. I'm <laughs> like, okay, so you, okay, you're wearing your business suit, but you're in coach. You must work for a very small business. <laughs> it's like, come on. Shit, I was on a plane one time flying to Miami, and Flavor Flav was in first class. I was in the first row of economy. and Flavor, <laughs> now, so You're I probably started, thinking, like, what am I doing with my life right now? <laughs> yeah, yeah, so I can see all these people in first class. Right. And first class domestically is not even that great, so that's why I never – it certainly doesn't justify the cost most of the time. If you get, like, a complimentary upgrade or you get a, an inexpensive upgrade, sure, I've done that many times, but otherwise forget it. So anyway <clears> – <throat> 
but I, but I could see everyone in first class, and nobody was well-dressed there. Everybody's in shorts and T-shirts, Flavor Flav's in a fucking jogging suit or whatever the hell he wears. Right. <laughs> and uh, no one had a suit on there. Yeah. People like, man, I spent this money on these tickets. I'm not wearing it. I'm going to be as comfortable as I want to be. It's like, like, look, man. Like, why the hell? Why the hell? Why? I mean, I remember the first time I flew um, first class, it was actually coming back from a workshop in Jersey. <clears throat> and, and I got that upgrade. And I'm like, first of all, it was no looking back after that. But number two, I'm sitting there in like jogging pants. And then I'm like, okay, first of all, I'm over, I'm drinking wine. I have good tea. I'm not drinking tea out of a plastic cup. First of all, <laughs> like if anybody's a tea connoisseur, that's, that, that's, that's big. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> drinking out of a plastic cup is like, so I don't know, man. It's so insulting to tea. <laughs> you have to drink tea out of a, a solo cup. Like, what is wrong with the world here? You know? And like I said, once you recline in that seat and you put your feet in that little cubicle, it's like, oh, I'm okay. And I don't have to worry about some jackass leaning back into my lap, you know, or some kid peeking between the seats back at you. <laughs> when you're sitting there looking like Damien from The Omen, you're like, oh my God, get your kid, man, <laughs> before I have to exercise this kid, you know? So once you've had that, it's kind of hard to ever go back after that, man. <laughs> I mean, I always fly economy. Well, first of all, fortunately, I haven't had to fly at all recently because who wants to fly right now in the current climate? But I mean, overseas, I always did. Once, once I upgrade, once I tried economy plus one time, that was it. I never went back. I'll go. I'll pay whatever I have to pay for this within reason because it's right. so much more comfortable and you're so less beat up on the other end. Your recovery yeah. time's better. I mean, it, it makes it on really long flights. I've never regretted paying the extra to be in a much better seat. Especially Australia, 14 hours. You don't want to be 14 hours in coach if you can help it. Not for a guy who's six feet tall. Hey, especially. man, let me tell you, even for a guy that's five, eight and a half, it's like you don't want to be there sitting next to the Indian lady who keeps farting all the way over to fucking Paris, and it just smells like curry. And it's like, and then she looks like, and she's never acknowledging it. She's acting as if it never happens. That was torturous, dude. I'll never forget that. I had to take, I had pictures of this lady. I took pictures of her. My wife was cracking up. She's like, oh my God, are you serious? I said, first, and I kept calling her, I said, really? Every time she fires, I said, really? You just gonna act like you didn't do that? Are you serious right now? <laughs> and she just looked straight ahead and like, like she didn't hear me. I'm like, you're two seats over. We're in the same row. Don't act like you don't hear me. Cause I that's, definitely smell you. So that's you at least embarrassingly I bad, you know, to be in this. I, I would, if I were her, I'd be, just dude, she terrified. didn't actually get up to use the restroom yeah. until we were pretty much over the Atlantic. Like by the time we got <laughs> uh, pretty much like we're probably go flying over the UK. Then she finally got up to go use the restroom. I was like, you've tortured us for seven hours and I've called you out. <laughs> it's like, it's <laughs> like, come on, man. What is wrong with you? Who eats this before they take on an international trip anyway? Well, that, what is that's the real. Yeah, that's the real kicker right there. The worst. Why did you eat a meal that had even the possibility of inducing that kind of state before a long flight? First of all, why eat a meal that get, puts in the possibility that you might have to take a shit on a plane? Okay, so that's that's another thing. I'm trying to fast. Okay, at that point, <laughs> I'm not because here's the thing about it: if you are gonna blow up the spot on the plane, you're gonna if you're gonna take a dump, everyone's gonna know it's you. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like you yeah. can't even hide it. You can't even hide that. So you don't want to be that person, man. Yeah, I know it's the natural thing, but. Not, 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 not now. Not on a plane. Don't be that person. And the, the other worst is when someone, you know, of course, that's probably had garlic in it and they just keep burping. 
<laughs> it just oh, keep, or right. they probably had some kind of pasta, you know, with garlic and some type of sauce or whatever, and they burp, and this, they don't even have to be next to you or in front of you. You can just smell it on the plane. Like, God, stop burping. Chew your freaking food next time and take your time, bro. Like, come on. Why See, would you this, this, this is the kind of stuff no one talks about when we talk about the importance of, of great experiences. It's like, well, sometimes, sometimes, the, sometimes the journey to those experiences is not a great experience. <laughs> like I said, man, I, like I was talking about the mosh pit. Look, man, I, I, I paid my dues. I put in my time, okay, to get to this great experience. I've gone through the shitty times to get to this good one, and I'm, I don't want to turn back. <laughs> so. <laughs> I'm the guy that was now look around like, hey, hey, bro, you, you want a piece of gum? <laughs> like, like, but you know what is interesting about experiences versus accumulating just material crap is the latter is very stressful. You know, it doesn't really bring a lot of happiness to you. It's just stressful having a lot of junk around, having a lot of crap. Yeah. But experiences are the exact opposite. I mean, I'm talking about good experiences, obviously. So going on a nice vacation, having a fun evening, et cetera. Those well, even a bad experience is still a good story to tell. You know, <laughs> yeah, that, how, how many true. times are you going to tell the story of that TV you got on Black Friday? Who wants to hear that story? Who wants to hear that story? I always you say know? the most interesting people are people that have been through some shit, they have yeah. experienced serious adversity. Those people are always fascinating to talk to. People that have had... You know, everyone's dealt with something, but a lot of times it's – I've definitely met people you can tell things have lined up almost exactly how they want at every turn. You can just right. tell. You can feel it. So they don't really understand adversity or suffering or have, have or, or to have that empathy for people yeah. going through hard times because from their point of view, things just, they just think life is great because for them it has been. Their life has been great at every turn. Yeah. Or they've been through stuff and they survive and they and they get it. And they're like, Oh yeah. But you you hear their story, you realize like, okay, I can get I, there's a possibility I, I can get through this. I'm like like this dude, he's gone through stuff far worse than I have, so what the right. fuck am I complaining about? Right. So Right. I mean the, the the silver lining with going through tough situations is that it makes you more relatable to other people that are either going through that or have yeah. been through that. And it also allows you to have way more empathy too, because when you when you see the suffering of others, if you've experienced something similar or you've even just suffered in general, it's, it's you you know how that feels. Right. <clears throat> because one thing I've noticed, and even before the pandemic, is I've noticed how desperate a lot of people are for just any kind of connection. And I'm not necessarily even talking about like a sexual connection or a best friend connection. Right. Just someone, just someone to talk to you for a few minutes. I mean, there used to be this guy who came into the gym, older gentleman, a very nice guy. And usually I don't like to do stop and chats at the gym. I want to get in there. I want to get my workout in. But he and I were chit-chatting, and then he told me about his wife who died from cancer a couple of years before. And I could tell the toll it's taken on this guy when he said that. And then he just, we just continued to talk for maybe another five, 10 minutes. And I could also tell how nice it was for him to be able to talk to someone who actually gave a fuck. You know, I actually right. sat there and listened to him. I didn't sit there and be like, okay, when's he going to start, stop talking so I can get back to whatever I'm doing. Right. And then just the other day I was in Boulder city. I was at this, this small little cafe. This guy came in by himself and he just started talking to me. And he was a cool guy, you know, so I didn't mind it. But I, but it, but once he started talking to me, I mean, he really started talking. <laughs> and he was an interesting guy, so it was okay. 
but it's a similar situation. This guy, he's a widower. He's, I think his wife passed away maybe five years ago. And he was an older gentleman. He was probably in his 70s. And I'm just sitting there thinking, I was like, God, how tough that must be to be in his situation. Right. And chances are every couple, someone's going to be in that situation. It's yeah. highly unlikely that both of you are just going to die at the same time. Exactly. The most likely someone's going to die before the other, and the other person's going to have to go on. And if you've had a really tight relationship with that person, that's going to be really difficult. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things that, you know, I put, I put in perspective probably on a daily, you know, because I'm just one of those people that, you know, I always feel like, and people think it's morbid, but I'm like, okay, this is the reality. It's the one guarantee in life is that you're going to die. Okay, and somebody, and you're gonna lose someone, or they're gonna lose you. So instead of avoiding it, why don't you act accordingly? So live, you know, live your best life now. To my, do you feel free? Do you feel like you're living, you know, the life that that the best for you at this point? And at the same time, are you really truly enjoying the time with that person that you truly care about? Are you really taking it all in? Because again, you know that. That stoic philosophy, memento mori, you know, remember, you will die. And that's the reason why they always focused on that. So no matter how much you're celebrating a, a victory in something or or when something is going bad or whatever, but you survived it, just remember that you're going to die. And yeah. it's not about, oh, just get depressed about that. Like, no, live accordingly. So now that you know that that's a guarantee, there's no doubt about it. Live your life. It's like if you got this moment, live it, man. You know, so try to go through as Eliminate as many regrets as possible if you have those, you know. So my thing is, like, you should be chasing freedom every day, you know. So and freedom looks different to different people. But freedom is definitely like going accumulating a bunch of things because those things weigh you like you're saying, you know, it's just they weigh you down. And that's not freedom. Just going. Well, that, that's why you stuff. always feel so good when you get rid of a bunch. Of oh, stuff. my God. That's you, the you, best you, thing you, about you, moving. If you do it the right way, every time you move to my less shit goes with you. Oh yeah. <laughs> He's yeah. like, ah. And then when you start looking around and then look how simple things are, like, did I really even need all that? Even if it's just like files and papers and all this, like, dude, burn them. <laughs> Recycle <laughs> them. Let it, let it go. Okay. Why are you holding on to that? You know, the IRS is not going to show up and ask you for some receipts from 10, 15 years ago. At this point, they're over it. <laughs> it's like, and you weren't making that much money for them to come and audit you for that shit anyway. <laughs> well, that, that's the other factor that people need when they're worried about auditing. So you have to look at what the benefit is for them to audit you. What are they going to get out of it? Like, okay, you paid us a thousand dollars less in taxes than you should have, and we wasted ten grand to collect that one thousand. <laughs> right. You have to look at what's the upside for them. They want to audit somebody they can probably get some money out of. You're you're already broke. They're right. like, what's the point? Yeah. <laughs> it's just like you know. So. Yeah. Don't think so highly of yourself a lot of times when you're thinking, it, like, I don't want to get audited. No, it's the people yeah. that walk around like, I'm not getting audited. Those are the ones that are probably going to get audited. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, there, there's several red flags that if you avoid, the probability of you getting audited is very minimal. It doesn't mean it's not a possibility, but it's it's such a minute possibility. It's not yeah. worth getting stressed over. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's just like some of you folks that, you know, have small businesses and you took some of those SBA loans or those PPP, you know, loans, whatever for COVID. Make sure you keep your paperwork in order because they're going to they're going to be checking P's and Q's for that because they want that money back. And they want to make sure that you didn't blow it off on <laughs> or a Rolls Royce and a vacation home and all that. Like that one idiot that got caught <laughs> and they end up like, I think, arresting him. So he spent like that PPP loan. Like oh, on a yeah. vacation home and a car. I was like, 
what a dumbass. Like, really? Are you that stupid? Well, yes, you are. Yeah, that, that's that's how people always get caught, is that kind of stuff. I'm like, come on, man. Remember, remember that movie, Dead Presidents? Yeah. Back in the day? Oh, I know. They, they robbed that bank. I forget what they robbed. I think it was a bank, right? Yeah, it was an um, armored car. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Now, yeah. everyone's supposed to keep it on the down low, but the one preacher's just yeah, 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 what's his name? Volkeem Woodbine? Yeah, yeah. Bonke, yeah. <laughs> And that's what brought everybody down was that exactly. one dumb motherfucker. And what's crazy is it's funny. It's always that last person they bring on to do these jobs are the ones that screw it up, just like in heat, <laughs> you know, <laughs> just like in heat, man. It's just like it's, and it, that's another example in heat, like um um Mangro, whatever, you know, yeah, this, Wayne, no, Wayne Grow, <laughs> Wayne Grow, yeah, Wayne Grow. You know, he's buying hookers. He's staying in these suites and hotels and like, come on, bro, really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's not a pro like every other guy who's making every – I mean, like Robert De Niro made the right move up until he decided to turn off the highway and go after Wayne Grow. Yeah, people exactly. Like, hey, man. People are like, hey, don't give it away. It's like, I'm going to give it away, motherfucker, because this movie's 30 years old, okay? If you haven't seen it now, you're probably never going to watch it. So maybe right. this will inspire you to go watch it because it's arguably my favorite movie of all time. It's definitely right. in the top three. I, I love that movie. I watch it probably once a year. But, yeah. I mean <clears> – <throat> That scene always pisses me off because you know you know what's funny is sometimes you you've seen a movie several times sometimes you're watching it almost thinking that the outcome could be different you, yeah you just it's like about it. I feel like it's gonna be an alternative ending you know yeah like, yeah, you know, yeah. Like, like hopefully I'm watching the Blu-ray version and this time Robert De Niro and Judge and Amy they just keep going okay yeah man he was home free he was home free all he had to do was keep going and then he broke his own rule and paid yep. the price for it and Ego. I was like. God, I hate that scene. I hate that scene. I mean, not that it wasn't played out well, but I just hate that the character did that in that moment. But, but it was so but smart it, about everything else for two right. hours. Yeah. Okay. Two yeah. hours, you were the smartest man in the movie. Okay. But it's and like, it's like his, his ego got the better of him in that moment. He's like, yeah. no, I can't let this guy go. This guy killed my friends. He fucked over our whole mission and so forth. It's like, I got to deal with it. But if he thought like he did earlier in the movie, he would have just had someone put a hit out on this guy. You know, let yeah. someone else deal with it, man. Let that, what, what was the name of uh, John Voight, his friend. Yeah, John Voight. Like, yeah. hey, John Voight, let me give you a hundred thousand bucks to take care of this guy. Okay. Thank yeah. you. I'm going to go live my life with this pretty lady and never look back. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy that Jada Pinkett Smith was smarter than you and set it off because <laughs> she wasn't sitting there trying to avenge all her friends. What, what did she do? She shaved her head. Took the money they took from the bank robbery and took her ass to Mexico. Okay. So, and if you haven't seen that movie, F you too. I mean, it came out in 1998, 97. If you haven't seen it by now, I, I have no, I have nothing for you. At there's, this point. Yeah. There's another movie called Diamond Men. It's a independent movie. It's a really good movie. Donnie Wahlberg is in it and mm -hmm. the lead. I forget the name of the lead, but he was in Jackie Brown. He was the guy, the older guy in Jackie Brown. Um, the, the lead, Robert Forster? Yep. That's him. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, that if, if 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 people listening haven't seen this movie, check it out. Diamond Man, I'm sure it's on Hulu or Netflix or Amazon. It's got to be on one of those. That's a really good movie, but it's it's the ending is a little bit. I won't give this one away because this one's a little bit more obscure. A lot of people probably haven't seen it, but I like the characters' moves at the end of the movie. 
it's not some some will say, oh, it was inconsistent with earlier. It's like, no, 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 because his character had an evolution throughout the movie. So it's it's actually consistent. But it was it was one of those outcomes that you wanted to see happen where he makes the right move. and You're like, oh, cool. That's how it worked out. <laughs> you know? So it's nice, it's nice to see that sometimes because he get I get I mean it's, it's not the only movie too. There's other movies where I watch. I'm like God. I hope this. Can, it's almost like if you will it, you're, you're thinking you could change what's going to happen. It's like maybe if I just think about him not turning off, somehow that's going to affect this scene. You know? Right. <laughs> yeah, man. It's like, damn it, Russell Crowe. If you just cut off. Freaking Joaquin Phoenix's head, you could be all right, man. But no, you or 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 if he just played along with Joaquin Phoenix when he's yeah, like, "Look, exactly. kiss my ring or whatever the fuck he yeah. said." You know, and just like yeah, go ahead, go ahead and tell this motherfucker what he wants to hear, and then go do something. Take him out. Do what Spartacus yeah. did. You know, do what it's Spartacus like, it's like it's like, come on, Russell Crowe, haven't you read a Forty Eight Laws of Power? <laughs> you know? Exactly. You Got to play the game here a little bit. But at that moment, sure, this is what you want to say. But you can't because it's going to be the end of you and your family if you do. So none of this honorable bullshit. Just play the game here and live to fight another day. You know? Exactly. I'm sitting there looking at like, like, come on, Doctor Strange. Can't you work a little faster before we lose Iron Man now? Somebody, <laughs> somebody, the Avengers are going to suck without, without Robert Downey Jr., man. <laughs> like, like, come on. You're, you're Doctor Strange. You're Benedict Cumberbatch. Nobody really cares about you. Like, come on, man. You're like, too much. Be a little bit more important here. Speed this thing up. Let's, let's, let's work on this whole time travel thing. Come on. <laughs> and since you can do all that, can we just go ahead and have a glitch where, you know, hey, we can actually go back and he actually didn't die? I'm like, come on, man. It's a comic book. Why Why not? <laughs> it's like, come on. So, But we know it's not going to happen. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, man. Or we just look at George Lucas like, come on, man, don't sell this to Disney. They're going to screw it up. <laughs> They're going to mess up all the Star Wars now. And he's like, yeah, I already screwed it up before I sold it, so it's, it's all good. <laughs> you know? Now I'm going to get – started with those prequels. I mean, come on. <laughs> so, he's like, now I'm going to get paid. You know? right. But they, they did screw it up more than he could have, so that yeah, part's well, true. <laughs> it's Disney. It's Disney. What would you expect? It's like, come on, what in the hell is – what is this? And then all the little side movies like Solo, I'm like, what are you doing? How are you going to ruin such a great character with such a shitty movie? <laughs> I'm like, this dude, Han Solo is a legend, and y'all just killed his legacy twice. You killed him, first of all, <laughs> okay? And then you killed his legacy with this bootleg prequel. Well, that that was what was so was so dumb with these new sequels is that let's kill off all the originals. Right, right. We're, we're all waiting to see all of these characters we love back together for a new adventure, and that never happened because you killed everybody fucking off. Every time they saw each other, it's like like first of all, how did you how are you gonna kill Han before he even meets up with Lando? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> these were the the dopest smugglers in the game, and you ruined that because <laughs> Han Solo's having. Daddy, daddy, child issue moments. You know, it's just like the the way the events. I mean, obviously, I I realize this is all fiction, okay? But yeah, the way but that, so, that, it was so forced. Yeah, so the, forced. the way the events unraveled didn't make sense that that's the way things would go down. Well, basically, it's <laughs> almost like some young people came along, like, okay, we're gonna get rid of all this old shit, like you know, the original stuff, because we're gonna do it the way we're doing it with this generation. So let's just get rid of all these old parts, so people can, just, so we can move on. No one is gonna remember any of those new characters 
Forget about 20 years from now, not even five years from now. Yeah, they're, they're not iconic. Of, they're not iconic. Yeah, they're not iconic, exactly. None of them stuck out to a point where, like, look, I don't think I could even name any of those characters right now. I look, mean, dude, <laughs> right? This, the, at the time we were recording this, a couple of days ago, Dave Prowse died. He was yeah. the, the actual person inside Darth Vader's outfit. He right. was iconic. We never saw his face, but he was iconic. Okay. Yeah. Somebody, now, yeah. Now we just got to hope James Earl Jones makes it because then it's Darth Vader's gone for real at that point. Right. <laughs> you know? Perfect. So, I mean, how iconic is that? We never saw James Earl Jones either in any of the Star Wars movies, but damn it, we That's know right. that voice. We yeah. know that voice. Yeah. I mean, hell, even when, um, even like when, um, God, Peter Mayhew, who played Chewbacca, when he died, it's just like, dude. Like it's like oh, man, all the characters are dying for real now. Not just the characters, but the people. Like this is sad. No one's gonna feel that. I don't think people are gonna feel that way. And you know, I'm not wishing this upon them. But if yeah. Daisy and and and, and uh, what's his name? See, I'm already forgetting whatever Finn's real name is. <laughs> you know, the angry black guy. Yeah. You know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, thirty, forty, fifty years from now, are we really gonna be like, oh my God, Ray died? Well, I mean, just look at a just look at a bunch of different rock stars or stars, for example. Like when well, David Bowie, I mean, Sean Connery just died a couple of weeks before we recorded yeah. this. And that I'm like, dude, the first thing I thought about was you because I'm thinking about Untouchables and how many times yeah. we quote that in the oh, seven yeah. years we've done this show. How many times we quote that? <laughs> okay, you know, it's yeah. like, dude, <laughs> so many iconic roles he had. It was, yeah. it was stuck out so many so many different times. And then you think about. Someone like David Bowie when he passed. Yep. I mean, such an iconic, legendary rock star. Yep. I mean, who who around now is even close? Who would to you miss that level? Yeah, like, I mean, I can't even think of anyone. Like, are you gonna really miss a Jonas Brother? <laughs> Fifty, sixty years from now. <laughs> I mean, just think about. That. I mean, like these these large Justin Bieber. Okay, I, yeah. I, I'll give you one. Let me get someone kind of popular. Justin Bieber. It's like, mm, probably whatever happens to him, you're probably going to be thinking like, well, I mean, I'm surprised he made it this long. You know? <laughs> <laughs> you know? It's like, dude. Like, so I'm not wishing this upon them, but I'm just like, most, there's rarely anyone that's truly iconic coming from these last couple of generations where you can, I mean, even the reason why you can say, like, well, that's because, you know, you're your age. You're, think about the kids who look. No, that's the reason why I'm coming up with this because of their fan base now, because their fan base disposes of them so easily. You yeah. know, that's the thing about it. whereas we were still listening to be, we no matter what, even when these artists that we grew up on were coming out with new stuff, we were still listening to it oh, yeah. where and we didn't forget about them. So we were listening to their old stuff with their new stuff. And you got a compilation with all of that stuff on there. You feel like you scored, you know, yeah. whereas it's not like that anymore. Everybody's so disposable because, first of all, everyone's putting out something every three to six months instead of right. every four years. It's I not mean, a big deal when it comes out. Exactly. It's, it's, yeah, it's like they'll they'll end up on the charts. They'll have like three albums on the chart because they put out three albums in one year. <laughs> it's like who does that, man? Like I remember, I remember when people lined up outside of yep. Tower Records for Guns yeah. and Roses, Use Your Illusion, One and Two. Yeah. I mean, because it it had been I think three or four years since Apple yeah, Type four years, man, was like out. the standard. Yeah. So yeah, people I mean, were look at Michael people Jackson, were hungry. Like, Michael Jackson, every album was out every four years. Prince, same way, you know, and each one, most of those albums, those early albums, they're all iconic. I mean, like after Thriller, they were like, okay, dude, what are you going to do after this? This is the best selling album of all time. Right. 
And so he, and he just did a pivot. He just went a totally different direction with bad. And you know, for most artists, when the, when you've had an album, an iconic album with a certain style on it, everybody's going to expect it to be like that every time after that. And for him just kind of go a little bit more with a more rougher and more rock heavy album, like he did with, um, with bad, you know, it's just like, whoa. And yeah, it didn't sell as much as Thriller, but it sold a hell of a lot. It was right up there, you know, and same thing with Prince. You know, you have the Purple Rain, they're like, dude, how are you going to top that? And so yeah, he came out with, um, um, oh, um, um, ah, ah, dang it, around the you know, so it was, it was a totally different sound compared to Purple Rain. You know, around the world, they was a little bit more experimental and a little right. bit more soulful, whatever, but it's one of those unsung albums now. It's one of those albums where people are like, man, I really slept on this album. There was some good songs on here. He, he, there was some really good stuff on here, artistic wise, you know, and then what did he do after that? He came up with Sign of the Times, which was, and then when he actually did like a documentary to go with it. You know, that he's one of the early people to do that when no one, he was so far ahead of everyone. So it became very, I kind of, he was talking about social issues in those songs that people didn't want to talk about back then. He was talking about AIDS and things like this is like 1986, 87. You know, no one really wanted to talk about that. It was taboo to talk about AIDS. And especially if you were not in the LGBT community, just to talk about the common people getting that and how people of poverty were getting it and transacting through drugs and all that. They didn't want to talk. Mainstream people didn't want to talk about that. And Prince went there, you know, just with the song sign of the times. He was just even talking about just going to war, you know, with, you know, the Cold War and the threat with nuclear explosion, you know, nuclear war and all that. That you know, was going on between the U.S. and Russia and talking about the spaceship, um, um, the space shuttle blowing up. Somebody, you know, just even talking about that, even though, you know, it explodes, everybody still wants to fly. You know, it's like nobody really cared. Yeah, it took them, a, took them back. But <clears throat> the thing about being the first and the best superpower to do all this stuff they kind of just said, okay, they died. We feel bad about that. Now we really got to put uh, a space shuttle out there just to show that it wasn't a fluke and we knew what we were doing. You know, just all these different things all in the song. What artists are really talking about meaningful things like that now and still making it sound good? Because yeah. <laughs> there are people that, yeah. that talk about things, but it's like, I hear you, but this song sucks. <laughs> the production is horrible. <laughs> I, get, I get what you're saying, but I can't listen to this. This is horrible. Horrible, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a really honed skill to be able to have a strong, powerful message and deliver it in this extremely entertaining package where you just really you can get reach the people it. who are woke and not woke. You know, yeah. you know, it's really hard to find a rapper today that can have the mainstream appeal, but also have the consciousness of a public enemy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's really hard because it's either, right now it's either it's either or. It's either or. You're very conscious, but you're not making stuff that can just really get. Now, I know it's not always on the artist because a lot of times, the majority of the time, it is a record label. And and there was a time right around the early 90s, whatever, those record labels really wanted to change that narrative because it was really going against a lot of things politically for people to be a lot more conscious and aware of the atrocities that were going on in other communities other than theirs. And people started to realize, wait, what's happening over there? What this crack epidemic? Wait a minute, we don't have that here, but who's dropping crack off in these neighborhoods? Like, wait a minute, it's like, uh, 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 nothing to see here. Hey, here's NWA. Hey, F the police. Here you go. Focus on that. And hey, they got the N word in their name. You know, if you sing it, you probably get away with it. <laughs> so you know, so and then you got people distracted and they they forgot all about that 
And that pretty much killed that consciousness of rap, and especially in mainstream music at that point. And then from there, it just got worse <laughs> after gangster rap. It's just like now you got mainstream artists who are talking about being high on Percocet and all this other crap, you know, and female artists telling girls to have little girls are being targeted and talking about they need to have a WAP, <laughs> a WAP. Look it up, but just don't look it. Don't look it up on your work computer, though. <laughs> No, but it's not it's not the it's not the racial slur like it was before. A WAP is a totally different thing now. <laughs> Probably a lot worse <laughs> than that racial slur. <laughs> Over hundred years ago. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's where we are now. But so like honestly, another thing, fifty, sixty years from now, if Cardi B passes, are y'all gonna be sad? It's gonna be <laughs> devastating to a whole to the whole world. You know, will the whole world mourn, really? I mean just think about that. Like I said, I'm not wishing that upon him, but just think about it. Will you be sad? Will you just stop where you are right now? Like, oh, my God. Cardi B is gone. First of all, it's an 80-year-old woman named Cardi B. <laughs> okay, let's, let's, let's just start right there. <laughs> I mean, at some point, you got to go by your name. Okay. <laughs> yeah, man. But anyhow. Well, good. Have a good rant. Yeah, <laughs> that was just like not necessarily COVID related, right? I think that's yeah, a good man. place to wrap up, so people can get out and go have some experiences now. Exactly. So <laughs> I guess uh next one up, man, we'll give our oh, or can we count this one as that our end of the year, you know, special? I think we can do one more. Just trying to look at look at give us a chance to look at this year in perspective and yeah. think about. We always move often Well, we often used to do UFC predictions. Now we can just do life predictions. Exactly. What, what, what's the world going to be like? Fight going time? on now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One thing about COVID is we're all in this and we're all dealing with it. No matter where you are in the country, everybody's right. dealing or with the it. world. It's affected to it. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I mean as well. Every, anywhere in the world, you, everyone's dealing with this. Doesn't matter who you talk to. I talk to relatives in India. They're talking about this. I talk to people yeah. in South Africa, Europe, you name it. Australia. Yeah. Everybody's dealing with this. Yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna have to all get through this together if we want life to get back to even a semblance of what it was. And right. let's have a goal of making it even better than it was right. once we keep going back in that direction. Maybe people will be a little bit more compassionate, a little bit more empathetic than they were before this, and a little bit more urgent about taking control of their own life. Yeah. You know, at this point, that's and, the last thing people should really think about is yeah. you want to be financially fortified, not just health fortified. You want to be financially fortified because honestly, that's one way. I mean, if, if you didn't, if, if you went through this without any financial worry, that's a big difference than someone who's dealing with this and they have financial worry as well. How are they going to get through this period? But guess what? You're both in the same boat because if you went through this without any financial worry. You're not home free. Somebody, it no, just, no, it just hasn't made it to your here. level just yet. Yeah. But somebody, you're very susceptible. And my thing is, if you did get through it, like financially worry free, there's a lot. There's a good chance that if you were to be in a situation where you're going to hurt financially, you're probably not going to be able to deal with it as well as a person who was already hit financially in that situation. Right. Because they they were already kind of most likely they were probably already not handling their financial situation the most optimally in the first place, you know, they probably already living paycheck to paycheck. So a lot of this was normal to them. It just became right. normal to my you know, much 
high, like higher rate. You know, it was just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. It's all coming at once now. You know, so for someone that's kind of, you made it through this and feel like, oh, I was good. Okay. Because, uh, always think back to 1929. There were a lot of people in 1929 during that crash, the, the stock market crash. There were a lot of people who were like, well, it's just another day because they were already living in poverty or just barely making it. Now, the ones that were jumping off buildings and all that in Manhattan and committing suicide and, and taking their own lives because the, the market crashed and their lifestyle had changed, they weren't ready for that because they had it easy. You know, they had, yeah. they were, they were good. They didn't think twice. They didn't look at that other, that poor person. They looked down on them. They didn't look at their situation and be, you know, be empathetic or even try to understand that situation. Not only just to, just be kinder to that person, but to, to understand like, oh, you know what? I don't want to go there, but I haven't been there. It's good to hear, you know, it's good to hear what that experience is like. So now I can kind of start looking around and pay more attention to make the safeguard myself from being in that situation. Right. You know, and if you're in that situation, they're giving this advice and telling you this story. Hey, find a way that you can actually help them out. You know, give them if it's just one little friendly like piece of advice. Like, hey, you know what? Look, man, if you have at least if you can at least spare at least 20 bucks, 50 bucks a week, if you can. Put that in the market. Put that in an ETF or something like that, and just do that every time. Whatever you have left over after you take care of your expenses and everything else, instead of going out and buying some BS or something like that, some comfort thing, take comfort in investing into your future and safeguarding yourself against situations like a, a virus, you know, and lockdowns and all that. So just put a little bit of that to the side. Instead of putting it in a bank, which is not going to give you any money for saving it, take it and put it into this. And understand that no, the, the stock market is not a scam or anything like that. You know, it's just like, here, get this, think long term, you know, and let this build. There might be times where you probably, most likely you may not have to use it, hopefully, but your children or their children may need it. And you just started right here. So you're kind of, you're investing in their future as well. So they don't have to go through any of this mess. So think about it like that. You know, that's one thing about this year that made a lot of people wake up to like, you know what? I got to do better with my money. And Definitely. they look at these banks like, why am I giving you my money? And you don't give me anything back. You know, so this is a shitty relationship. You gave me a pen. Okay. <laughs> and a toaster. <laughs> it's like, so this is not working for me. So, yeah. Um, um, maybe it's, you know, probably in the coming year, maybe we should get your buddy back, you know, start talking about finances again. Um, the one yeah, my was, friend Rohit. Yeah, I'd love to get yeah, him back. Yeah. You know, what's funny is he sent me a message after the last time he was on. He's like, oh, you know, I don't know if I did a good job. You guys feel free to scrap that episode. I was like, Jesus, man, are you kidding me? That was a fucking great episode. That was gold. <laughs> yeah, man. What's crazy is everything he talked about in that episode, man, that would have come in handy this year. For oh, a yeah. Lot of people. And he yeah. did all that for free. Yeah. Okay. That was free 99. Okay. Just go look that up. Yeah. I'll check that episode out. Yeah, I'll definitely do that. I'm but sure now that I've been like this, I'm really taking this deep dive into the market. Like I would love to get him back on the show now and really yeah. ask him some things. Yeah. You know. Yeah, we'll definitely do that. In fact, I'll reach out to him this week. Maybe we can get him on before the end of the year. Yeah, that'd be great. Cause, I mean, cause a lot of people are going to need it. Even people that have invested this year, you know, they're going to need some. You know, some people, you know, have cashed out and you know sold stocks and all that, and they're going to be in for a big surprise after December 31st. <laughs> when they get their tax bill, <laughs> they can be like, "Wait, what?" 
So now, <laughs> you, somebody, now you probably didn't feel like you were the rich before, but now you're being treated like one of them. Your tax bracket just went way up, even though they're probably looking like, I don't even have that money anymore. I took that money and paid bills or whatever. Yeah, but it wasn't easy money like you thought it was. Yeah. It's still an income. And your uncle, Sam, he still wants his cut just for you existing on his land. <laughs> so you got to pay the play to be here in America, bro. <laughs> so, so if all our foreign friends out there, they're thinking like coming here for a better life, just keep that in mind. <laughs> to my, to my, yeah, th- that whole freedom thing, it's to an extent probably better than the situation you're in now, but then now, some cases it may not be. <laughs> now you're going to have people trying to get out of America to, to escape to Venezuela. Exactly. <laughs> El Salvador. It's like, man, if I could just make it to El Salvador, get out of this racket. <laughs> you know, now, now we're over here trying to cross over the wall and get into Mexico now. <laughs> it's like, you know, Mexico, they legalized marijuana. They're taking the first step. Like, wait a minute. What, what are we doing here again? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah man but yeah it'll be cool to get him back on so yeah i'll definitely reach out to him i'll definitely reach out to him we'll try to get him on before the end of the year cool man so yeah folks i mean we're in two hours of this bad boy so it's a good place to cut off so get outside get some air get some sunshine think about your life then adjust pivot change the shit up start living there you go All right. We'll catch y'all next time, folks. Take care. Take care, everyone. That wraps up this week's Live Life Aggressively show. Be sure to head over to MikeMahler.com and NewWarriorTraining.com. Use the coupon code LLA12 and receive 12% off of your total purchase at either of those websites. Also, for more personal protection tips, make sure you head over to NewWarriorDefense.com. Support the production of the Live Life Aggressive Show by heading over to Patreon.com and becoming a patron. Simply go to Patreon.com slash LLA Podcast. All Patreon subscribers receive Patreon-only access to our brand new show, Afterlife, which is a brand new behind-the-scenes episode that is not available to the public. Our Patreon subscribers also get to enjoy bigger discounts on all of our products by receiving Patreon-only discount codes beginning at 15% off on all products on MikeMahler.com and NewWarriorTraining.com. Don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. Lastly, be sure to share the episode by following us on social media on Facebook as well as our new account on Instagram. Until the next episode, take care, everybody.